Come on and cruise and welcome and wake up from your snooze. It's episode 250 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I definitely had that planned. I'm joined by Emma, as always. Also my BFFs, Brandon T. McClure. Hello. And Ben Magnet. That's me. Sparks will eventually be here, but he's he's currently driving. He's driving with my hand. You can't see for the visual people. <laughs> it's weird because you get a shadow from the thing that's there, so it looks like you're being haunted by hands. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sparks is currently Sparks has been celebrating his uh, lovely fiance's uh, birthday all weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's been great. Yeah. Um. Hi everyone. Hello there. Hi oh, Brandon. I saw you recently. I saw both we, of you recently. What am I yeah, talking about? Yeah. We all hung out. And we all went to see the movie we're going to review today. We totally um, did. I can't believe this is the 250th episode. That's crazy. It's oh, true. Lord. We we made I, it to 250, boys. I think of like, oh, we just recorded that big Evangelion thing. And that was like recent, right? I'm like, no, that was like a year ago. It was, it was 200. It was 200. That's 200. And that was also during the pandemic, which means that this is never going to end. Yep. And now we got that uh, We got that other strain. Happy, dappy days. Get vaccinated again if you have to. <laughs> um, we have links in the description, though, that everyone should be checking out. There are a couple of links in the description below um, because, you know, the, the week happens and we do things over the week so uh the things that we did it are there is an animation station episode where ben and yes. myself yes talked about transformers war for cybertron uh earthrise which is the second season of the transformers war for cybertron trilogy um that's up there now for anyone who is interested in in hearing our thoughts on season two before we record our season three episode which will be this week and it'll probably be up uh later this week Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited though. Kingdom, uh, yeah, that's it. So yeah, yep. I'm excited. Yeah, Kingdom's up. I saw it on um, I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, oh sweet, I get to watch that later. And I was, I went to Frankenstein's earlier today, and I saw I went by a booth that had a bunch of Transformers figurines out, and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch Kingdom and look at all these Transformers figures that I can't afford, but I really want. If, if I had my Dinobot figure, who, if my Dinobot figure was closer, yeah. I'd pull him. But uh, yeah. I will instead pull up the new. The new character for Kingdom, which is this tricera- the skeleton Triceratops thing. I don't even know if it's awesome. what the name of the dinosaur is, but I know. But so, Megatron, so, okay, so, there's Dinobot, I'm... there's Megatron, they're both dinosaurs. Triceratops. Yeah, no, what the name of this, the dinosaur is, but that's besides the point. The point is, because remember, Brandon, we were talking about this a while ago, saying that they made toys for characters that never showed up in the TV show. Well, they made characters, they made, uh, characters this time around for new characters that they created for the new show oh okay so yeah. that creepy robots or that skeleton might be in earth right or yeah, he, he's in he's in kingdom okay cool um yeah i'm excited uh that'll be up this week um so, uh, here, check out our thoughts on Earthrise uh before you check out our thoughts on kingdom um mm-hmm. or if you want to refresh on Earthrise before you watch kingdom uh, mm-hmm. that's there as well um and then the other thing in the network was conversation i was a day late this this, this time instead of a week late uh, so I'm getting better, getting back on schedule. Um, I talked to Scott Kalora from the Transporter Room 3 podcast, who is also a writer from for uh, IGN. Um, we, had a, we had a great talk about uh, Star Trek fandom and his, uh, and, and his experiences in fandom, which were interesting to me because he got into fandom because of his job at IGN and not necessarily oh. the other way around, which was cool to talk about. That's cool. So that's up now. And then 
uh, I was shanghaied into a charity stream for for scene snobs for the for the scene snobs uh, podcast. They did a a twelve hour charity stream. Uh, my friend Phil uh, Phil Better, who I did uh, his podcast Invest in Yourself, and he was on Conversation. We have been collaborating a lot behind the scenes to bring to bring about some other things uh, for his network. Um, so more on that later. But he asked me if I had 30 minutes on Friday, and I was like, yeah, I have 30 minutes on Friday. And so we uh, did the charity stream for the Film Snobs. Uh, th that's in this link below. They were trying to raise money for the Milbies who are going through a rough time right now. Um, and that was a lot of fun. That's a cool charity stream. That's linked below. I'm at the two-hour mark if you only care about my shit. Uh, so, um, and that's the first time where I talk about my new project that I'm working with Phil, um, consult cast or consult cast, which is a, uh, new podcast and new business venture that I'm doing with him where I will help people trying to start podcasts or, um, people who don't know where, you know, people who don't know where to start, uh, or people who are really successful podcasters, they will come on the show and they'll talk about their experiences. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. More on that later, but I do talk a bit about that on that stream. So, right on. And then Ryan, it's me. A downright annoyed happened this week. It did. It didn't happen last week, but it happened this week. You guys talked about swingers. Swingers, 1996. Uh, Vinny, Vinny Vaughn. Uh, this is the movie that Spielberg was so impressed by that put him in uh, Jurassic Park two and Psycho. So good for him for those next two movies. Um, also, Johnny Favs, he made Iron Man and Elf and all that stuff. Great movie. Great, great fun um, 90s, like, living in L.A., being a young actor type of movie. Like, it's, it's if you haven't seen it, like, it's really great. Like, it's it's a really, like, really natural, natural comedy. Uh, like, it feels really natural in, like, the performances. And Vince Vaughn really, like, this is, like, a star-breaking performance for him. He's, like, he's so fun. He's so charismatic. And he's, like, so annoying. But he's playing that type of character. Uh, so if you haven't seen Swingers, check it out. It's great. Uh, he, he, I really like that movie. Also, I want to just add, uh, I don't think Vince Vaughn is the problem with Hit the Psycho remake. Um, I think he's actually quite good as Norman Bates. <laughs> sure, but like that movie's not good. And nope. He's in it. He's the star. That is that is a that is a that's a hard watch. Just watch the original. Yeah, and yeah. that's a, that's a that's all we got in the description below. More stuff's coming as always, and you know we do a lot. So who wants to go first of their week? Ben, you go first because I usually go first. No, oh, okay, I'll I'll go first then. So I actually caught up on some media that I've been meaning to catch up on. I mean, obviously, I watched um, Transformers Earthrise with Brandon, so we can do our um, conversation uh, animation station. I almost said conversation station, but I was like, wait a minute, that's uh, I'm crossing the streams there. Holy crap! That's next show. Yeah, that's next. That's the my, that's the next show I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but I finished the anime Demon Slayer. Oh yeah. I finished it, and now all I have to, all I need to do is watch the the movie Mugen Train, and I will be officially caught up and ready for season two. Um, I, I I've said it before, I'll say it again. Demon Slayer is amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is a great. I mean, there are a few, um, air quotes filler episodes close to the end, but I was still engaged. I still want to see what was going on, and like a lot of other shonen animes and mangas that I've noticed like compared to, to the American counterparts is you see your main character train. Like there, I think, I feel like we've talked about this on the show before where when you compare Japanese protagonists and American protagonists, you see the Japanese protagonists 
work for their strength. You you would see them work for their power. Whereas like American yeah, ones, you're right. I've never seen anyone train in Dragon Ball or Inuyasha or Yu Yu Hakusho. No, he's talking about in J- J- Japanese anime how we see them work for it, but not in not our, not not American stuff. Oh, we just have a quick montage. No, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, we just have a Rocky yeah. montage. Yeah, so we, right. we just have like a like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Superman is is brought up as an example. It's like he's given this gifts. He's like, but I mean, he's like, he's he, I give him, I'll give him the pass, but like. Or like, yeah, you see Bruce Wayne, he, you just see the montages. You don't see the actual hard work, the actual bitterness, or what, uh, to quote Avatar The Last Airbender, the bitter work, which apparently is what Kung Fu is translating into English. If you translate Kung Fu into English, it me- it means bitter work. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that yeah, at least, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that I heard that I read that right. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, Demon Slayer is amazing. Absolutely love it. When I was at Barnes and Noble earlier today, uh, the final volume of the manga came out, and I'm like, "Oh no, it's over. It's done. There's 23 volumes of the manga. I kind of want to buy the manga." And I was this close to flip through it for spoilers. I'm like, I "Can't do it. I can't spoil it." Yeah, don't, don't do that. I'm not gonna spoil. Right, so I'm like, I put it back, and I'm like, "No spoilers. No spoilers here." So yeah, uh, Demon Slayer. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. Um, face of Ryan, who's being in enclosed by the jungle I would he's being highly, taken by the jungle he is being taken by the jungle so i would highly recommend ryan because i know you've been like hovering your finger over the play button for demon slayer do it just trust have. Me. oh you have you watched it no i have been hovering that and jujitsu kaisen i've literally started like three times each and then i'm like mm-hmm. i just i can't get committed right now i have to i can't um, I heard great things about Jujutsu Kaisen. I think that's the next one I'm going to watch. Yeah, Fanny's good. Already, Fanny finished Jujutsu Kaisen. That's really, I heard that's really good. So I'm probably going to start that one next. But they yeah. just announced a movie for Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, a prequel movie. Man, nice. That's a trend now, I guess. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, but Ryan, trust me, you're gonna just get through the first few episodes of Demon Slayer, and you will not be disappointed. You got it. There's some glorious action scenes in that show. Uh, let's see. What else was I gonna? What else was I going to do? Uh, what else did I do? Oh, I know exactly what I did. Um, I watched a crap ton of Rick and Morty because I am I'm behind on season four. I haven't started season four, so I started season four. And I finally got – so now when people talk about snake jazz, I know what they mean now because I finally saw right. that episode. Right. And besides that um, – Played a little bit of Fortnite because I actually I'm on vacation now. I'm on vacation, boys. I'm free. I'm free from the shackles of work. Congratulations! I'm so happy for you. You needed a vacation for a while. Yeah, and also a vacation where I, I'm not injured, I'm not sick, and I don't have any anxiety over my head for certain things. It's like last year's vacation, but yeah. So I'm on vacation. I was able to yesterday was I was able to get an extra day off, so I got Friday off. I was able to just chill. I was able to relax. And I played a little bit of Fortnite. So I leveled up a little bit in Fortnite. Uh, Brandon, you and I played some Knockout City the other day. We I want to say it was Friday when we played. Or no, yep. it wasn't Friday. It was yesterday. You know, there's, a, there's a new map on Knockout City, which is mm-hmm. a movie theater. Um, and when you, uh, and like the, the middle of the map will like spontaneously change into different uh, film scenarios. Uh, through like hol- through like holograms and things, and it's really fun to play with because if you're in that section, all of a sudden you could be rising on top of a building building for no reason, and it's cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like the map yeah. a lot. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, last week, did I mention seeing the the anime movie Weathering with You or no? No, I don't. What's it called? No, 
Okay, so um, this was supposed to be happened last week. So two weeks ago, I went with a cosplay friend of mine. Um, she wanted to go see the anime movie Weathering with You. It was re- it was back in the theaters as a Fathom event. The English dub was. Um, and was, she's already seen this movie before, but she asked she wanted to go see it again. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. It's done. It's done by the same by, by the same director who made the movie Your Um Your Name. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. It was really good. Um. So the the plot is this kid runs away from home, moves to Tokyo, tries to find a job, and then he gets a job at like this air quotes conspiracy theory uh, web uh, not really a website but this publication where they write conspiracy like like stories for tabloids and they sell them to different tabloid papers across the city. Mm-hmm. And then he meets up with this girl who has the power to bring the sun because Tokyo has been in a month long rainfall. It's been raining in the city of Tokyo for well over a month, and people oh, are like, man, I really just want to see the sun again. So she's a sunshine, uh, sunshine girl. And then so him and this girl, they uh, um, go and they bring the sun for certain people's events, and they get paid for it. And then uh, there's a myth involved. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is definitely a movie that if you go at the end of it, you're going to be crying at the end. And I was definitely tearing up. Yay. Nice. Yeah, it is. It's very beautifully animated. It is absolutely gorgeous. The dub is really good. I really enjoyed the dub. The English actors are amazing. Uh, Lee Pace is in it. Um, he does a really pretty good uh, American accent. Um, Allison Brie, she's one of the characters in that. Oh, cool. I forget the other two actors, but it the anime is called. It's a movie, and it's called Weathering with You. And I would highly recommend it. Nice. I will. I will check that one out. I want to say it's on one of the streaming services. Possibly can't. It would be very easy to be ch- to check it out if it is. Then it probably ninety five percent sure because it's been out for a while. I want to say it's on Funimation. I could be wrong. But I think it's on HBO Max. Then if I, it, will, I will check. I'll check. It, yeah. it might. It might. But either or, absolutely gorgeous. Highly recommend. Um, I saw that two weeks ago, and yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. It is that's on pretty, HBO Max. There you Sweet. go. It's on HBO Max. Great movie. Highly recommend. Cool. My turn, I suppose. Um, I played this video game called Marvel's The Avengers. Have you heard of it? Yes. Um, they were doing a free weekend for people who wanted to try it out, and also like a four a four times XP weekend thing, so you can level up characters. Uh, so I did some of that. That's fun. The War for Wakanda stuff comes out in about two weeks, and I'm super stoked for that. That's going to be a bunch of new content and a new character. So like. You know, I'm still I'm still in love with that game and like it rides of like stuff to do, but like we're about to get like a bunch of new content, so hell yeah. Um, played some Fortnite. I've been playing Fortnite with my bros. I've been just doing it solo and it bums me out. So like we gotta make time for that somehow. Um I spent most of this week still researching for this this project that I'm working on uh, about Ghost Rider for the PS2, but that has ballooned into just talking about that game into uh, I don't know anything about Ghost Rider. So I've spent this entire week reading like dozens and dozens of Ghost Rider comics. Um, Ghost Rider's, f- I'm gonna swear it's fucking awesome, guys. Like, it's not all of it's good, but like when it's good, it's hitting. It's hitting something that like I've never read in another comic. Like it's hitting like, like the type of edge that I that I appreciate, but like it's still being like Marvel family friendly. Like, and the art is a sensational. Like, like the team that they have on on it for like for for, de- for dozens of issues um are just just sensational artists like i love it and like i didn't read 
all uh, of uh, uh, what's his name, Johnny Blaze's stuff. I read mostly Danny Ketch, and yeah. this is a very much a situation of like a Wally West getting a race thing. Danny Ketch is so much of a better Ghost Rider. He's such a better character. He has so many better villains. The Ghost Rider game, it's about Johnny Blaze, but it's all of Danny Ketch's villains because they're all all of Ghost Rider's best villains were introduced in the '90s when Danny Ketch was the Ghost Rider. Right. Um, seeing him come back and like Blaze, Johnny Blaze comes back as a guy just named Blaze is just like a Terminator looking dude. Like he's still cool, but like. Danny Ketch has like some emotional cool stuff to it. Um, and obviously Ghost Rider has come like back recently and he's like the king of hell and all this stuff's been really fun. Um, but the thing I learned most about Ghost Rider is like, he really is just like a street level dude. Like, b- like he might be tied to like Mephisto, but like for decades, he's just fighting dudes on the street. Like he is, he is the Avenger of the innocent, but that's just like fighting gangsters. There's an entire arc where he's fighting Kingpin. It's awesome. It's so good. And you see Kingpin drawn in a way I've never seen him before uh, with a specific art team. And he's like fighting ninjas and Kingpin gets sliced for the first time. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, let's finish this. And I'm like, oh my God, Kingpin's so rad. Um, so guys, if you have the time, check out that late that late, uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s Ghost Rider stuff. It's it's sensational. Um, I did read some of the more modern stuff just to catch me up more, more on speed with some stuff. Uh, it's all good. Ghost Rider has been mostly good. And especially from like the Robbie Reyes stuff, like that's all been good. I did you really. Did, I, I read the Ghost Rider run uh, that Ed Brisson, I think, did. Yeah, that's uh, the most recent one that got canceled. Yeah, I, 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 I really liked what he was doing with Danny Ketch, and I'm yeah. so bummed that that book got canceled. Yeah, he got he again. The thing I love about comics, like character evolutions, like Danny Ketch, who's no longer the Ghost Rider, is now the Death Rider, and he's taken the mantle of like a villain, and now he's repurposed that, and he's become a hero using that villain's mantle, and it's awesome. And like they didn't just throw him away; they did something new with him. Although I wish he was Ghost Rider. Um, I get why he's not. Um, Johnny Blaze is like the OG guy. Um, yeah. yeah, Ghost Rider is really cool. And like now I'm worried that this video is going to be like an hour long and it's going to take me months to do it. But I'm really excited because like I feel passionate about it. And I'm like, I'm not just shitting it out. So like it'll be out when it's out. Uh, but yeah, Ghost Rider, guys, it's pretty cool. It's weird that I got drawn into it because of a Ghost Rider PlayStation 2 video game. But now I'm here. I'm happy about it. Oh, I also watched the Ghost Rider movie. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, the transformation scenes are cool. They didn't use any of the cool villains from from the Ghost Rider comics. They made up a bunch of bullshit elemental villains that are lame. Uh, so like that is a movie that was just shit out just because they could, and that bums me out. Ghost Rider two, I'm excited to watch that one because that one's got some actual comic stuff in it. Yeah, I, I did. I did watch both of those recently. I, you're right. Ghost Rider's fine. I have fun with it though because of bits in it. I like it's only bits, right? It's only like <laughs> yeah. there's bits in it, like uh, Carter Slade is uh um sam elliott and there's a really cool sequence where they're riding across the desert and then he just pieces out and i'm like all right yeah and again like all a lot of the cool stuff in that movie is in the trailers which is a bummer um yeah uh one thing i do have to say that i love about the first ghost rider movie more than the second ghost rider movie is the motorcycle looks 10 times better in the first one than it does in the second one you do like your motorcycles Yes, I do. I, you know, that that is a design aesthetic thing where, like, do you just prefer one or the other? That's fine. But, like, now that I'm now that I have so much Ghost Rider lore, that first movie is like barely a Ghost Rider movie. It is the just the fundamentals of, oh, it's a guy who works for the devil and they didn't do anything else with it. The second movie I remember having, like, now I know, like, who these characters are. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go back and, like, oh, Idris Elba's a dude in the comics. Like, oh, cool. I can do this stuff. Idris Elba's French in that movie, too. Christopher Lambert on it. My memory on it is, oh, yes, with the, with the scars and stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to watch tat- that one again. Yeah, the ta- yeah, Christopher Lambert with the tattoos, because I remember Idris Elba is, he has a French accent, and he talks about wasting good wine. Yep. All right. Anything else? Um, I, I think I watched some Superman and Lois with Sparks. 
Um, and that show continues to just really, really impress me. Yeah. Yep. That's it. All right. I, I did end up doing quite a bit. I didn't realize it, but I got into a, uh, uh, I finished a lot of movies on like Saturday. Um, I like started a bunch of movies on, on throughout the week with with Zara, and then we finished them all on on like Saturday or something. I can't. I don't. Live, I can't do that. She. Okay. So there is a. There is a personal problem that I can't talk about on the podcast, but I'll tell you later, Ryan. Uh, sure. That we are going through that is making her fall asleep super early, so we can't sit through a whole movie, and it's really frustrating. Gotcha. Okay, that's fine then. Okay. Um, but we want we did. We watched the Mummy Returns because uh, I got into a adventure. I was in a, I was in a mood for an adventure. I'd seen the Mummy recently, so I was like, I really don't want to watch the Mummy three. So I watched the Mummy Returns. It's not a better. It's not a. It's, it's not close to the Mummy, but it's got a lot of fun action. There's some good comedy. Rick and Evie are great as always, even though they're mm-hmm. they're terrible parents. Um, they were just constantly making out with each other as their kid gets taken by every bad guy in the movie. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think Rick and Evie are a love story for the ages, and they need to be said in the same breath as all the classic love stories in Hollywood. <laughs> um, I I really like that franchise. It's a, such a shame that none of those movies could ever touch that first one. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Pirates of the Caribbean 2. As in a similar vein, doesn't touch the first one. Um, but again, cool action, a lot of fun humor, uh, good adventure. I think the end is really cool with the uh, with the three-way fight scene. Uh, and I really like what they do with Elizabeth in that movie. Um, mostly because I, I think she looks really good with that pirate gear that she's wearing throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another fun movie, but I like all, of, all, all the pirates movies. The three, the first three <laughs> should clarify because there's five. Four's good. I, mean, I think four is okay. I think four is okay. The reason I will watch four is because of Ian McShane Blackbeard. That's yes. the only reason. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he really helps that movie. Um, I, I I don't. Five is god awful. Um, yeah, we don't talk about five. Davy Jones, though, I want to quickly talk about Davy Jones because I haven't seen Dead Man's Chest in a long time. In a long time, like Davy Jones doesn't show up for forty five minutes into the movie, and as soon as he shows up, he is an iconic movie villain. He walks onto that boat and he is just like perfect. It takes 45 minutes for Davy Jones to walk to show a up. A long on... time. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot that... of setup in that movie. Dang. It, okay, it's, it's been a long time since I last like saw a few it. It's like a few parter, basically. Yeah, it's been a very long time since I uh, saw Dead Man's Chest. And yeah. I thought I thought he shows up at least in the first half hour, but I guess I'm wrong. No, it's after the it's after the half hour mark for sure. Um, it, because there's just a lot of setup getting to this because we're setting up why this is so important for Jack and we got to be introduced to Norrington um, and we have to Will and Elizabeth have to be separated because they're doing the Empire Strikes Back thing where where the main mm. cast have to be separated throughout the movie. Um, Do you fear death? I love Bill Nagy as Davy Jones. That every single one of his of his crew looks incredible. I love all the designs of them. I love his design. I the music. Hans Zimmer is at the top of his game with those first three Pirates movies. Brandon, Brandon, you you have a regular Xbox One, correct? Yeah. So they've added Pirates of the Caribbean stuff to Sea of Thieves, which is a game on Xbox. Yeah. And apparently it's really, really, really good. It's the reason I re-downloaded that game. It also incorporates stuff from the theme park ride. Uh-huh. Uh, so like I, I have been dying to get some pirates together to go some to go ho hoing. And if like if you're in a pirates mood, baby, like that game's there. Free. All it's, right. it's not free, but like the, the update's free. 
I will I will turn on my my Xbox see if it works. It's been a while. Yeah, see if it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got a PlayStation Five, so I just gotta I gotta hook that up now. Oh, that's so. true. No, never mind. That's don't even worry about your Xbox. <laughs> so funny enough, um, I was looking through, I was adding games to my uh, game app catalogger that mm-hmm. I have, and I was just flipping through the manual of Kingdom Hearts Two, and there's an ad for when Captain Jack Sparrow was put into Pirates of the Caribbean, like the actual theme park rides at Disneyland mm-hmm. and Walt Disney World, and I was like. Oh yeah, because I actually went to opening day of when they opened the ride to the public. Like they still had the seats up for the premiere the day prior. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a trip. Um, I watched the original Space Jam. Uh, that's that's not a good movie. I'm not a <laughs> um, but what's really funny about it is, uh, Michael Jordan. I was watching the movie and I remember Michael Jordan being a pretty bad actor. And I was like, you know, he's actually not bad in this. Why was I, he's not good, but he's like capable. He's, he's delivering the dialogue in a believable way. And, and then he gets to the center of the earth where the tunes are and he's talking to nothing. And I'm like, Oh, right. He can't talk to, he's not talking to anyone, you know? So he's bad. Yeah. 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 He's not an actor. actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like it's a, all right movie. Those nostalgia goggles are a hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched Lethal Weapon for the first time. Richard Donner, Shane Black, Lethal Weapon. Uh, Awesome. Not much to say about that other than, look, it's a classic film. Richard Donner is great. I'm trying to fill in my Richard Donner gaps. So I was happy to finally watch that one. Awesome movie. I wish Mel Gibson wasn't a huge asshole because, like, he makes some really good movies. Yeah. No, I 100% with you. Like, legitimately, like, for a short period of time, like, he was my dude. And then... And then, and then he said some things, and I'm like, Mel, no, stop. Yeah, I've seen two of his movies so far, and I'm like, man, Mel Gibson's really good. Man, his, I really wish. His, his run in the '90s is like is like one of the greats, like for real. Like yeah. every movie he made in the '90s is like is insane. And then there's a he's also I think my favorite Expendables villain. He plays uh, he plays a villain in Expendables three, I think, and he's a lot of fun. That's right. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Man, oh wait, actually, Jean Claude Van Damme might be my favorite Expendables villain because he yeah, plays he plays Villain. No, <laughs> yeah, he, I'm, I'm about to say Jean Claude Van Damme as Villain is like the best. Um, I rewatched a comedy that I really like from 2013, which I think is pretty underrated, called The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Uh, this is I remember that movie. I've saw it before. Steve Carell, mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. I probably showed it to you because I really like it. <laughs> No, you didn't. Yeah. I, it was actually it was on Stars for a while when I was hanging out with Jeff and living at Jeff's house, and I would watch it because there wasn't anything else on. It, so I figured I'm just gonna watch that. I was watching Incredible Burt Wonderstone because I find it a little funny. That's cool. That, that's the movie with like the dinner scene with all the all the magician people, right? Yeah, it's the. Uh, it's, it's not a. It's not well, a that's dinner, dinner for schmucks. That's dinner for that's schmucks. Dinner for schmucks. Uh, there are like multiple magicians like Jim Carrey plays like Chris Angel essentially yeah um yeah. and which made me go down a rabbit hole of, like what what is Chris Angel doing these days um I really I think that movie's really funny um Olivia Wilde Alan Arkin they're great uh, I like the ma- I like the magic tricks a lot mm-hmm. wasn't that James Gandolfini's last actual film or no what? it's not okay I, I know think... what movie I know what movie it is but I don't remember the name of it yeah because it I was, think it's like a drama it was one of his last films. I know that. Um, well, technically, <laughs> all of them are one of his last films. No. <laughs> one, all right. Um, anyway, Ben. You know what I mean. Um, I watched one episode of Behind the Attraction specifically because it was about Jungle Cruise. Um, 
So I wanted to I wanted to watch the Jungle Cruise behind the attraction episode on Disney Plus. Uh, learned a lot about Jungle Cruise that I didn't know about. Most notably that it is heavily based on, uh, without saying it's based on, uh, the African Queen, which was a 1950s Humphrey Bogart, um, Catherine Hepburn movie. Mm-hmm. So I watched that also. Nice. Uh, definitely see where it inspired Jungle Cruise, the ride, and the movie that came out just recently. Um, it's good. It's a it, it's 1950s adventure movie. Um, no supernatural in it. It's really just straightforward. We're gonna go destroy a German boat that's in this that's in the lake. Um, it's good. I liked it. No conquistadors. No conquistadors. Shame. A lot of racism though. Oh, not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> well, the movie came out when the 1950s. 1951. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I don't like it, but it makes sense. I played some more Lego Marvel Super Heroes, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. I'm trying to beat that 100%. Unlocking a lot of cool characters. I just unlocked Hydra Cap. Uh, I didn't even know he was in that game. Um, Moon Knight was is really fun to play play as. And I remember like the flyer that I re- oh Fal- uh, Falcon, who's got who's got a cool costume I think. So I went to I went to go play that game again, and I go went to go hit load game, and it says oh there was there's no game here. So I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna play that first 30, 45 minutes again. Oh man. That's really weird. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Cause like it even said like, hey, this is what the auto auto save looks like. Yeah. And I like it just didn't save. And I'm like, man. I was like, it's not like it's bad. I just don't want to have to do it again. Right. So like that bummed me out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh okay. there's, there's a lot of characters that I think you'd really like uh, fun have oh, yeah. a lot of fun playing with. I I met for some reason. Uh, major victory the guardians of the galaxy of the three thousand of the year 3000 captain america and uh steve rogers at the same time the, like the two characters i was like oh that's cool shield bros separated by a thousand years Ooh. i watched resident evil infinite darkness and i forgot i watched resident evil infinite darkness because i've had a really long week mm-hmm. um it's only four episodes so i was able to blow through it uh it it's pretty good but it's very heavy on the. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's my fault. I watched it. Um, it's very heavy on Resident Evil lore. I'm 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 not surprised. I was curious if it would if it would be, and I want to stress, not a bad thing. It is designed yeah. to be that way. Uh, it is for hardcore Resident Evil fans. Um, so I I didn't get the value out of it that I think someone who knows the franchise really well would. So I'm curious to know if it was like meant to be good, because um, it's kind of fine. For me, yeah. So I'm in, so I'm interested to know what other people who are like heavily versed in the lore would think about it. I'll. How long are the episodes? So twenty minutes. Oh, it's like a movie. Yeah. I can. Uh, I'm, maybe I'll let you know next week. Maybe. I'm yeah. I'm surprised it's not a movie. To be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because uh, it's not built to have more seasons. Yeah, it has like a it has like an ending. Well, it has to end because yeah. like games happen. <laughs> Right, like the next game happens. It's like it's set after five. Is the president alive or a zombie? He's alive. Okay, it's a prequel to six. Okay. Because the opening uh, of six, the president turns into a zombie. Really? Spoilers. For the spoilers for this anime. Yeah. Spoilers for this anime. Uh the president's in it. He's he's a good he's a good he's a good guy. I like that president. I'd vote for him. Sorry, bad things happen to him. <laughs> Darn it. Um, okay. That's all the things. I consumed with my eyeballs. That's not true. I consume everything with my eyeballs. What am I talking I about? Like your ear holes? Sure. Yeah. Um, then, I, but I read a couple of things. I read Skybound X, 
uh, I read another issue of Skybound X because it had a Murder Falcon storyline in it. Um, that was cool. Um, I read Heroes Return, which was really cool. I really like that book. I'm sad that it's over, honestly. Um, and then I read Sunstone Volume 7, the latest of the Sunstone series by Stefan Cedric. Really good. He really nails the character stuff. Framing device, like I talked about with Volume 6, is still very strange, and I don't necessarily buy it. Like, why would you, if you were there with your significant other, why would you tell, why would you tell someone that you had, in graphic detail, what sex with their wife was like? You want to do that? To add, to add some spiciness? It, uh, but that's the framing device he picked, and I disagree with it. But the when we're in the story, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So, the coolest thing I did, guys. I've been I've been reading. I've been watching. I've been watching Dragon Ball in every incarnation since it came out. I've never read the manga. Ooh. I'm hunkering. I'm. I'm. I'm I can't Ooh. wait for more Dragon Ball supers. So I was like, well. Sparks keeps talking about how cool the, the, the super manga is right now. And I just re watched a review where they're talking about how cool the super manga is right now. So I picked up volume nine and volume 10 of the Dragon Ball super manga. And I read my first ever Dragon Ball manga. Yeah. You don't, did I? Because more I gave you super volume one. I own super volume one and two, but I've seen those. That's the battle of the gods. I've seen that movie. Okay. I've seen that season okay. of, of show. Like that's the, it'd be the third time I see that story. Okay um and like that's that's fine but i wanted to, i wanted what happened after broly and sparks was 100 percent right in the fact that like once the universal tournament ends there's a page where it's like speaking of sparks here he is hey oh, what was i right about well there's a page as you're as you're reading the universe the the universal tournament arc in dragon ball super there's a page that's like and then broly happened and then it moves to the next arc yeah Yep. That's really funny. It's like, go see that movie. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. This was what happens after. Um, and then I'm introduced to Moro and what they do. I read volume 10 just this morning where um, we get more about New Namek, which is the first time in canon that they go to that planet. Um, and this canon. canon and uh, I love it. It's awesome. It's such a cool way to have a new villain that feels totally unique to unlike anything dragon ball has dealt with before um that maj there's some if you guys want to see majin boo do a cool fight scene because we haven't seen that in decades that that's in there and it's awesome because majin boo doesn't get a lot of action anymore um there's a lot of like lore with like majin boo too he's like super important to this arc it's so cool i really like it i'm excited that i'm watching that i'm reading super because i really need more of that story i'm sad that there's no anime coming soon um so I'm gonna I'm, I I read the Dragon Ball Super manga now. Huzzah! I love it. I'm so excited. So glad to have someone to talk about stuff with, like in depth. I mean, I gotta catch up. I'm I'm picking up. Yeah, the, for sure. But I mean, like, we can have a conversation about the Moro stuff. Like, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited. More on that later. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, all right. That's all. That's but that's my week. Uh, since Sparks is here now. Yeah, he made it. Oh, I mean, like I can. It feels a little just talk about. I didn't just, listen to you guys. No, just talk about what whatever we did because I don't. I don't really go into it. If, I don't even know if we did anything. We didn't really do anything. I think week. I talked about Superman and Lois. That's all. Like I just yeah, said, it's good. Um, we 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 did Superman and Lois. Um, we played a game for the first time. Oh, uh, see, I'm week. glad you're here because I forgot that we did. That. Um, I mean, we're gonna put out that on Basement Arcade soon. We have a new Basement Arcade coming because we we recorded one. 
Um, nice. It's Halloween in August. It's, baby. it's spooky, and we'll we'll drop it later this week. Um, so look for that. Um, man, because I was I didn't do this last week, so I just what do I actually want to talk about? Um, yeah, what's important? What do you want to talk about? Uh, I watch Monsters at Work. Um, I'm caught yes. up on it. I've been keeping up on it with Megan. Um, I think Brandon's overall correct about just the quality of the show from what he said before. Um, I think some episodes, especially like this last episode and the second, third, I'm not sure, land better than others. Um, whatever one where they go to the baseball game. Yeah, that's a um, good one. Yeah, and this this last week's was probably my favorite conceptually. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, think that's the show. That. What huh? was this last week's? Was this... Not the bowling one. What was the one after? It's the inspector one. Yes, that's right. That's a pretty good one. The bowling episode was honestly like my most like, oh, this is like the worst of <laughs> what the show can do. Um, I think the worst, like the most damning thing about Megan and I were in agreement on it is just like they introduce a monster who's like Mike's rival and he's literally just Mike but blue. Oh, that's lame. And I'm like, in a world of <laughs> like such interesting monster designs, this is the most boring thing you could possibly have done. I mean, I guess it's the Marvel method, right? Let's do that. Yeah, it, it sucked. Um, but uh, I do think, like, there's definitely, especially with Mike and Sully, there is, like, that kind of mismatch between voice and animation that I was seeing in the trailers. That is present in the show. And I think that that is uh, just maybe something that'll pass in time. I realize it's something I shouldn't say on the podcast. You just did. Behind knowledge of, like, uh, what we know from things I'll say uh, of why I think that's the case that it's like that. But uh, basically um, I, I do think that certain performances suffer in the animation um, and it is just tough. Uh, you're watching a, a different team try to recreate Pixar magic and it's not always working visually. Yeah. Um, we've watched motherland Fort Salem, but not this week. No. Um, Sadly. But it's, but it's cool. That means we'll have two next week. Um, I read the Batman Fortnite comic. Uh, and I read all of it and it's real cool. Um, especially if you like Fortnite. Um, uh, I really love the first three issues in particular because it's all lacking dialogue. Um, the first two are Batman internal monologuing and the third issue is, uh, I read the first two. Uh, I agree. The third issue is, um, people giving reports on observing Batman in the world. Um, And that's the only dialogue you have running through it. And that issue is all about observing Batman as he fights Snake Eyes, which is revealed as Snake Eyes is an obstacle they tried to put in his way to slow him down, figuring out what's going on. Is he on a new level? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, It's pretty good because like uh, they've been doing it. They, they, even though they don't keep memory, they seem to like keep memory of like like their their fighting patterns with each other so like it gets to a point where everyone in in the Fortnite map is just watching their intense fight rather than fighting each other um and it's like i know that they can't like remember anything but can they remember respect Uh, (laughs) it's it's pretty good that's Um, hilarious it's it's good shit uh so i really like the batman Fortnite comic as someone steeped in Fortnite shit um i thought it was really really well executed and they left the door open for more and clearly there's stuff playing into the season um the current there's some countdown on the main screen i don't know what it's for so the current villain of um this fortnite season is revealed in the end of the batman fortnite comic uh which is interesting so there's obviously going to be some kind of tie in there it's right over there i'll read that later um uh 
I watched have watched a whole lot of the Looney Tunes cartoons, which is the new iteration of the Looney Tunes that's on HBO Max. Um, I started wa- picking that up on my own because uh, I hadn't uh, since it like first premiered. I watched a couple of episodes and then I just dropped. And now I've like watched most of the first season um, because hi, you got to not do this right now, Luna. Um, <laughs> it's dog hi, time, Luna. I guess. Anyway, uh, so I've watched a whole bunch of those. Those are super great, um, super high quality. Uh, go ahead and watch them. It sounds like that show has been canceled, unfortunately. They still have episodes to release, but um, that that all came from really needing that good Looney Tunes content after watching Space Jam A New Legacy, which I'm still... <gasps> There's a nightmare happening on your There's screen. There's a dog nightmare happening. Oh, <laughs> Luna... <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. Um. Anyway, latest computers on. Yeah. Yeah. Not as bad as I'm, Emma. Um, <laughs> uh, Space Jam: New Space Legacy. Jam New I I saw it. Uh, that made me want to watch Looney Tunes cartoons. I'm writing a piece about it. That'll probably come out this next week because I didn't have time to finish it this week. Uh, I watched Transformers: Earthrise. I did that. I didn't talk about it anywhere, but it happened. Um, I'm gonna try and watch Kingdom at some point. And also soon. not be on that episode, right? I'd like to. That's really up to those two. Um, so we'll see. Uh, uh, I think the only other thing on here I really want to spend any time talking about is I finished Sweet Tooth. Um, I finished Sweet Tooth on Netflix, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about. In the if news. I knew a season two was going to get announced, I would have finished it with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, it was real good. Um, it's very, very different from the comic, um, but I think all in good ways. Uh, the second to last episode of the season makes me think they actually are going to go for like the most bombastic stuff that comes up in the comics. There's a lot to make me believe that, which is wild. Um, and I'm here for it, but still not like not not as dark. No, but not going as dark. Yeah. Um, but but like the bomb the the craziness of the world things. I think it's going to go maybe even a step further, uh, in the long run. But it's not going to be as dark. Um, it's definitely going to take a dip towards that kind of darkness now because like a lot of this season, in a weird way, I think every character that isn't sweet tooth it's like this season is a prequel to their story in the comics interesting. oh okay kind of almost like um, a preacher. Yeah. so like dr singh is basically like the whole season is the arc to get him to where he's at in the comics oh uh, the arc with uh, amy who is clearly like a step in for a different character from the comics it's the arc to get her to the point that she's supposed to be at um the, pretty much everyone but jep and uh and sweet tooth um, it's just getting them up to that point and getting you to know them up to a certain point. Whereas Sweet Tooth and Jep are like taken all the way up to that uh, in a different way with their story. Um, but overall, I just really like the execution of it. I think that cast is really strong. I'm really happy for Nanzo Anansi, who has this role. Because um, he doesn't have that that movie franchise. <laughs> no, uh, and I, I think he's a really great choice for Jep, and I think he does a, an awesome job with it. Um, and I really, uh, now that I've seen more of him, I like the actor they picked for Abbott. I think he's real strong. Uh, uh, we've met his, uh, we've met, um, is it Jeremy? Jeremy or Jonathan? Uh, the one who is kind of special and checks in on them more. The one who's more sensitive. Oh, for I, think Abbott. I think it's Jeremy. 
Yeah, I think it's Jeremy too. Um, we've met him at this point in the show, and I think he's got a really nice presence because he's very sympathetic to like seeing the children and stuff. Um, so he's a more important character later. Uh, but I, I really like him. Uh, I like his energy that he's bringing to the show because you only meet him in like the last two episodes. Um, yeah, I, I really recommend like going back to it. We've met uh, Billy. Billy is really, really cool because Billy is like a puppet. Oh, I love Billy. Oh, they, um, they don't CGI him. Right? No, they don't CGI him. Yeah. He's like he's like a, a Henson style like little puppet That's of awesome. himself. That's cute. Uh, which is which is pretty impressive and cool. Um, and it it honestly makes him like even more engaging and appealing and and cute. Um, so he's a good good sympathy play character. So I really I knew, like. It. I knew that he was a puppet, but I thought they also cg'd him sometimes there are a couple of times in the in the show where i'm like oh that's a that's the cg version obviously and then i watched the behind the scenes and that scene was a puppet i was like hold up it looked too that's, good You're that's like, oh, a good puppet. puppet yeah that's, that's awesome. a good puppet yeah i thought they did a really great job um with that choice i think that was smart um, I just think that the show provides something like it's kind of like the best outcome of adaptation where I think like everything you really need to keep from the comic is there, but it's taking everything in such a fresh direction. It just feels like a whole new engaging experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that. Like, I would never say like one should replace the other. I think like if the comic story appeals to you, like follow that to its end, it's well worth the time, I think. Um, but the show is also paving its own path that I think is also worth its time. They're, they're very good companion pieces of like different routes to take with the story. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's it. That's all I really want to spotlight. There there were other things, but like uh, nothing I really need to dedicate any time to. Like it's all just me like doing minor dips into things I've already been doing. Brandon, I keep forgetting you, you're, you're caught up on Superman and Lois, right? I'm not. I'm a couple of episodes behind. Oh, okay. So, okay, okay. Because we got to a point um, where, like, like something was revealed about the villain, where I'm like, oh, where it? Oh, yeah. I do did, you know? I did see that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. surprising and like not in a thing I would I would expect for that character, but like it makes sense and I think it's awesome. Uh, and it made me even more invested in the show. And I'm like, oh, this show is so good, man. When when a thing happens where he makes the thing, and I was like, oh, dang. Oh, word. <laughs> what are we yeah, doing so i told i told ryan because i'd kept my mouth shut for a few weeks um i'd had that spoiled for me sure so when we were going into that episode i knew uh by the episode title i'm like oh this must be when we find out um but i just i i waited and i waited and then the reveal happened ryan's like what and i'm like yeah i just i'm really glad that you didn't know that yet because yeah. i think that's real cool excited <laughs> to yeah. see where that show goes yeah um I wanted to bring up real quickly about Dragon Ball Super is uh, Sparks is totally right that what they're doing with, with, with Vegeta is really cool. Um, his relationship with the Namekian people at this point in his life, really cool. And they dive into it and I'm like, yes, give me that cool Vegeta content. Yeah. Uh, it Vegeta is just so much the character with growth going on. Always has been, but like it's all the more accentuated in Super. Um, yeah. Uh, Vegeta's, Vegeta's great. Yeah, uh, and it makes and it makes arriving to New Namek not feel like a not feel like fan service because it's important to Vegeta's story arc. Yeah, it's a character beat. It's yeah. it's relevant. Yeah, um, I agree a hundred percent. All right, but well, shall we go into our bread and butter? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, we're here. Bread and Where'd butter. Ryan go? Oh my God, Ryan! I guess you have to do it without <laughs> What do you mean? I'm right here. It's like the the the. It's like how they did the the hand from Adam's family. Oh. Yeah. All and right. 
thing. No, that no, that's it. Yeah, okay. cousin, it, it's a okay, uh, it. cousin, it, and then there's thing. Yeah. Okay, so we do have some sad news up top. This actually dropped today uh, for the for the news, um, and you know, uh, this is also a little um, coincidental to something. Thea White passed away this week, and if you don't know that name offhand, she is Muriel from Courage the Cowardly Dog. No. Uh, she passed away this week at the age of 81 due to liver mm-hmm. cancer. Oh. Um, and this, so her and her final appearance as that character is coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, in the crossover with Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Oh, that will be her great. final appearance as that's, character. That's kind of that's kind of nice that there is one final thing because like that that franchise has been gone for a while. So that yeah. is kind of kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, beloved character, I still hear more macaroni in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. After all these years, can't hear you without my glasses on. <laughs> um, she joins Eust- the voice actress for Eustace. So she does. She really does. Yeah. Um, but she was how old is she? In her eighties. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Um, I mean, still, it's, it's she lived a long life. Eighty-one years is nothing to sneeze at. It's true. I'm really glad that she got to do this crossover before yeah. she passed. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. That was I didn't mean to sneak no, that in okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. God. I agree. Uh, I think it's nice because we don't get that for Eustace. Right. Yeah. That was a bad time to take a drink of water. I'm so sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about Scarlett Johansson now. Yes. Oh, yeah. We oh, totally my favorite are. topic. Millionaires fighting millionaires. Scarlett Johansson the first Marvel actor to sue Disney. Um, she is suing She is uh, suing Disney for a breach of contact, uh, contract. I'm going to read what I understand of it because it's a lot of legal jargon. Essentially, though, it is uh, she claims that Disney, uh, that the simultaneous release on Disney Plus and in theaters was a breach of contract, and she is suing for the revenue it would have made uh, if not for Disney Plus, is what she says. Which, uh, is and then, it, which is 20 million and then disney was like it's a pandemic dude uh <laughs> so i think the most important part of this is that her agent uh put out that they reached out to disney and marvel uh to renegotiate the contract when it was announced that it would be simultaneous with disney right. plus and no one answered that call so disney was able to hold the line and say no the contract's the same uh which i'm sure is what they did um and that's shitty yes i i also am like it's not like scarlett johansson's hurting on yes and i'd feel differently i'd feel differently if this was fighting for a small contracts of others yes along with hers this is just her yes Uh, i I, that's not to say it's not a fight no yeah that's worth doing that's that's the thing like scarlett johansson is one of the richest people on the planet she doesn't need this money but that's not the point of it. Right. That's not the point of it. No. It's that this is a precedent that if they can do this to the biggest actress in the world, then they can screw over literally anyone they want in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. and like, again, like it's having to choose between this millionaire actress or Disney. And I'm like, it's <clears> like, it's like, but it's Denise, we're talking about it. I'm hundred percent on Star Joe's side. Right. And it's awesome that all these other actors are coming out and like, Oh, we're, we can get paid for well, something that like, we didn't know we can get paid for. Like, this is great. I think this is good. Well, this is uh, this is not too different from um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt having to take it up with Paramount about the the limited release in theaters That's for right. Quiet Place Part Two because in their case they took less money up front 
to get more from the box in office. theater box office and yeah. that that got changed mm-hmm. um so it, you know like yeah absolutely fight for, the, fight for what you are owed absolutely it's the next step to what denny level knew was 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 talking about with warner brothers mm-hmm. of like you know if dune goes to hbo max at no extra cost mm-hmm. i'm losing a lot of money because my contract um because the, that it's not gonna make the same amount of revenue um i also wonder if he'll if he's gonna sue warners if that'll if that'll be a thing man that's a good question man dune is um that is we talk about it every week but dune is such, in such an interesting place um like disney made almost double its revenue with the disney plus black widow like drop like domestic it made 80 million and then with disney plus it made 60 million like again scardo doesn't need that extra 20 mil but if she, it's in her contract that she's supposed to get paid for as much stuff as as it makes for domestic uh, uh money like then it's just it's only fair it's yeah. just it's just fair like and it's like I see so many people are like, oh, so she doesn't deserve this money. She's so rich already. I'm like, it's not the point. It's not the point. Well, so like in the in the whole thing is that like the contract the contract was met in its original form, but the terms but the terms were not adjusted for a Disney Plus release mm-hmm. because Disney didn't answer that phone call. Yeah, um, like they just ignored it. Yeah, and so they get to say like, actually, we obeyed it. So that's why this is going to be interesting how they actually and break th- this down because <laughs> technically her contract was met. Yeah. Uh, but they did not meet for renegotiation. And then the Disney has like the gall to be like, oh, like she like the, like blaming like her and COVID nineteen and like all this stuff. Like Disney's response was like, oh, you guys are definitely how guilty. callous, how, how callous of her to do this uh, while we we're suffering from a pandemic. And it's like, yeah, okay. Disney. Oh, you're guilty. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to see if I, uh, if I uh, Disney has fully com- uh, Okay, yeah, especially sad and, and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID nineteen pandemic is Disney statement. Yeah, that's uh, that's oh, we're guilty. Let's blame the pandemic. Disney, um, who definitely, absolutely did not let anybody who wasn't from California into their parks while they were saying they were restricting it to just Californians, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Emma Stone yeah. is said to be is said to be considering to sue Disney as well for Cruella. And uh, the last thing we heard about it is that someone apparently has heard that Kevin Feige is very upset at Disney right now. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Well, Kevin Feige also, like, it's important to note that Kevin never wanted it to go to Disney+. He was very, very clear about that. It's a movie. It's a theater movie is what he said. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that one before we move on? Um. What's uh, probably going to happen is, and like, and I'm not a legal expert, so like, this is like from everyone I've seen on Twitter. I, what's probably going to happen is, uh, she'll get paid out of court. The lawsuit won't go any further because they don't, they don't want this to go any further. She'll, she'll get her money, and then we won't talk about it again. It'll be settled uh, outside of court. Uh, there yes. is one group in particular I'm watching with very deep interest if they're going to make a move because of this. No, oh. Luca. Ooh. Ooh, Luca, who got dicked hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious if I something changes over there. If they're because like because we know there are people at Pixar who are like we don't know why this didn't get theatrical. It should have. Yes. I was. They, they, they were actively upset about it. There was a whole yes. like thing that came yeah. out like the. I so I'm very know. interested on if there's something that happens there because of this. Yeah, me too. Should Luca, I which I watched again recently because my mom hadn't seen it and mm-hmm. she's here. Um, incredible film uh absolutely love that movie um quick note (laughs) for luca very minor spoiler um like practically not but if you care like skip ahead if you haven't watched luca also go watch luca um when we did our review i didn't think about like talking about how important like the small like how well done the subtext of the uh dad 
having his arm be a thing that that's how he was just into the world uh that the the relevance of that to the story is that that's why he's so accepting of them as sea monsters he knows how, what it's like to just be who you are in the world mm-hmm. and the world not necessarily love you for that and i'm like that's so subtle <laughs> and incredible yeah. go watch that movie again that movie's great hell yeah do you guys think we need more batman in the world see <laughs> what kind of Batman? it depends on the week brandon because a week ago i was into it two weeks ago i wasn't into it so it depends um, on what you gotta say de- are we talking comic books or just general media? Because well, Ben, let me actually, tell you what the news is then. Well, actually, to be perfectly honest, no, I think we're good. We have enough. I'm sorry to say, then, Ben, uh, we are getting a new Batman actor in the form of Winston Duke, uh, Black Panther, and oh Oz's yeah, no, we own. need more Batman. Oh, this is the we good one. one. This is the good one. <laughs> never mind. Yep, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Never mind. Winston... I retract my previous statement. Winston Duke has been cast in as Batman in the upcoming Spotify podcast. Jason Isaacs has also been cast as Alfred. We we absolutely need more Batman this week. <laughs> yep. This is awesome. I uh, love this. So Ben, uh, yep. you and I are the only people who have listened to superhero uh, audio podcasts because we listen to Wolverine. Fin- yeah, I finished The Long Night. I started the Bayou one, but I haven't finished it yet. But the point is like superhero audio dramas work they're really good and like especially like with detective work which is what that wolverine was it was like a detective story batman is the world's greatest detective richard Armitage Uh, as wolverine was fantastic casting absolutely yeah so like this i'm so stoked for this and usually when they're on spotify they're free so like as long as it gets clicks you can get we'll get more of them so like this is hella cool uh they they talked about go ahead no, no. Um, now hearing that uh, Winston Duke is going to be Batman, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I, I could use a little bit more audio drama. Batman, give me something else to listen to while I'm at my soul-crushing job. Sure. Great voice. So this will be a, a dark psychological take on Batman and his rose galleries. Um, they it actually is a very interesting take on it because that's just what it says. When audiences meet Bruce Wayne, he's a forensic psychologist working in the bowels of Gotham Hospital and tasked with examining the victims of the Harvester, a gruesome serial killer preying on Gotham citizens. Not only will the superhero be forced to face his own mental demons, but he will also have to overcome them in order to save the citizens of Gotham as his alter ego, Batman. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. They're like, make make him be uh, like a crime detective guy. Okay. You had me at Winston Duke. Yeah. (laughs) But the Harvester, Ooh, I feel like that has potential for like doll maker status where, Actually, no, Dollmaker was introduced in the comic books. Never mind. Crap. Uh, never mind. Also, I, I wouldn't consider Dollmaker a legendary villain. <laughs> no, but when, when he first show. showed up, though, like when we were, he first showed we were up, excited. Detective, all right, New 50, I still have my copy of Detective number one, New 52. Um, it might be a third print. I don't care. But when he first shows up, it cuts the Joker's face off. That was like, damn, this is going somewhere. And then and it, it did, did. And then it totally didn't end up on me out. He was and only in that one story. Yeah, freaking, and they brought him in on a Gotham for a hot second. That was a little stop. Oh, that's right. Except he was the Dalmaka, that one. (laughs) I shit you not. That's what they called him. I stopped watching. I stopped watching Gotham after season one. I cannot comment. Good. Um, You didn't miss much. All right. Well, anyway, moving on to some television news. Hawkeye. We are eagerly awaiting. The next MCU TV series, Hawkeye with Jeremy Renner. And Eagerly? Eagerly. Almost like a hawk. Um, 
Oh, dang. What's the actress's <laughs> name? I'm so sorry. I Haley love her. Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. I got there. Haley Joel Osment. Um, I got there on my own. <laughs> we, we will be seeing Jeremy Renner's return as Hawkeye on November 24th. A couple weeks after What If Ends. That's that's crazy. Uh, who's thinking we're going to get a Hawkeye trailer before we get a Spider-Man trailer? Me. <laughs> Raise my <laughs> void hand in the air. Um, I Well, first of all, today Spider-Man. Was, today was Spider-Man Day, and yep. a Spider-Man trailer didn't drop today, so I'm like, I yeah, don't even know. I, they have to be waiting for something, right? Like, I don't like... What's, what's the point in waiting this long anymore? Like, not even a teaser. Like... Star Wars, we get teasers like a year out. Like I know pandemic's weird, but like anyway, this topic. Um, I also the what if cast was was announced there today. People, there are people who just don't know a Spider Man movie's coming out this year. Yeah, and regular just people. Don't know. Yeah, regular people. Like it's gonna hit my, them in like. My two mom months. didn't know until I brought it up today. Hell yeah! yeah she was like, "There's a Spider Man movie at the end of the year," and I'm like, yeah. "Nope." Um, <laughs> so. I'm, that is gonna blow the Casey Casuals' minds when they find out when they see the Spider Man No Way Home trailer. I don't think it's coming. I don't think it exists. Man, it's. You think they made the movie, but it won't happen. <laughs> I I am so close. If they extend it any further, I will believe the ridiculous, quote unquote, rumor that Avi Arad is personally holding it hostage before so, so that Kevin Feige can admit that Venom's in the MCU. We we have news about this later. But there's going to be there's movie cancellations are starting to happen again, and it's oh and Clifford, I'm, yeah, uh, it's a Sony movie. That's Sony, right? Right? Sony? No, Paramount. That's Paramount. Oh, Paramount. Oh, never mind. Doesn't matter. Movie studios, <laughs> I think, are getting scared again, though. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they're if if Spider Man might get pushed because of this. Not to get I, Corona to talk about. Totally agree with you. I want to be clear. I was not implying that Avi Red is in fact holding the th- the trailer hostage as the oh no no of suggested. No. Um, yeah, I think I honestly think there's merit to the fact that Sony is just kind of waiting and see because they don't yeah. want they've had to start how many how many times the no time to die marketing over? Morbius has been pushed like a, literally a multiple times now at this point. Yeah. Like they don't want to do that with their main their main guy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Like, Carnage is also at the end of this year, and that's got a trailer out. Yeah, but that's not as as, as Spider Man. Also, that movie's like. I don't it's not. It's not a Marvel. It's not a Marvel. It, well, it is a Marvel. But it's not a Marvel. <laughs> it's from Spunk. TM. Yeah, it's a Spunk. Mm, All right. Um. Yeah, and the What If voice cast was. I didn't put this in the news because it's honestly quite a bit. But the What If voice cast was released this week. Um. We now know that Benedict Cumberbatch is returning as Doctor Strange, which previous reports said that he wasn't. Yeah, that was weird. I felt like that we'd heard he'd already done it at some point. And I'm yeah. like, I've heard, we've heard his voice, and I'm pretty sure that's him. Um, Clark Gregg is also in the voice cast, so Coulson is returning. Love yeah. it. I saw the, uh, somebody made a joke on Twitter. His What If episode is just uh, is just him living, and then it's just replaying all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Seven seasons of a one episode show. What if they knew he was alive? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this voice cast. A lot of really cool actors that not, I didn't know were in not it. Not Tom Holland. Not Tom Holland. Interesting. I wonder if that's a scheduling thing. Or a Sony thing. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Avi Arad is holding Tom Holland hostage. He's got to go to his head. Kevin Feige you know? can admit that Venom is in the MCU. God. I didn't look at this. Who's voicing Spider-Man? 
Do we know? We don't know. Oh, okay. We just don't. We just yeah. don't. People are assuming home. it's going to be like Yuri or like somebody like that, uh-huh. but like we can't confirm. You know. Yeah. There was another person that I saw on the voice cast that I was really excited about, but I cannot remember the name anymore. No, later. Christopher Lloyd. I would assume if it's not Tom Holland, it'll be whoever's voicing Spider-Man on Disney TV right now. Yeah, yeah, somebody like that, yeah. Oh, sure. We talked about it briefly. Sparks just finished the first season, but Sweet Tooth uh, has been renewed for season two. This is Jeff Lemire's first ever adaptation. Uh, this works. Getting its first ever... That does work. Uh, it does. It's a little... Season two. It's... It's very frightening how well, well that works. I'm super stoked. I watched the announcement video. They sent them all this a giant chocolate bar that said season two on it. And the, the kid who plays Sweet Tooth all ate in half of it by the time they filmed the video. That's cute. Um, so obviously I haven't finished it, but we you finished the comic. And we were wondering, was this going to be like all of it in one season? Do How much do they go into the comic at the end of the season? Again, like um, this is... Aside from Sweet Tooth Story, this was all pretty much like set up to get to where the comic is. Mm-hmm. So like the the end of this season is like even before where we finished in the comic. Because like what, because he just stuff, he though. just got to the kids. Oh, in the in the like farm he or just met like the end of the season mm-hmm. is him ending up in the in the place yeah, yeah. with all the other kids. That's like oh that's like, all the hybrids. That's like early in volume one yeah yeah okay yeah that is like preacher then like set up before the comic. yeah yeah okay that's yeah cool. so that like they've done all this work and now the story will be the co- if i were to take a guess um because of like kids growing up and that kind of thing i'd say that the the sweet spot <laughs> the sweet spot is two more seasons yeah if i were to take a guess but honestly they've taken so many liberties that there is a there is a path where if they wanted to they could get it all done in one with netflix i would hopefully they try to get it done quicker than (laughs) yeah i it's either it's honestly it's either two seasons or it's three it will not be more yeah but i could see a path where it's just one more season and they're done um but i can also see them being able to take it to a third season yeah um there is one other key element in the finale that is not part of something in the comic um that makes me think they're going to speed up some of the back end of the comic all the way into this like early part of the story so if i were to take a bet on it i'm leaning towards that there's only one more season um because it's a safer bet they get to tell the whole story i think that that's probably the path they go it could go either way though i'm excited i really like that i really like that first season um here's here's the key reason why like the second season has a lot of stuff about Jep and Sweet Tooth separately, having a lot of pain and distrust in them for Jep having deceived him. And that's just not the part of the story they're doing in the, co- in the show. They're not engaging with him having been planning to hand him over. Yeah. And because they're taking that whole part away, like everything in the middle part of the comic kind of can't happen yeah it has to be different so it has to change uh which is why i think we're just we're skipping that entire idea and element for something else yeah sweet well speaking of netflix though pokemon had some news uh netflix this is weird yeah is going to develop the first ever live action pokemon tv series uh from joe henderson who is the showrunner of lucifer this is weird because this obviously is still coming with like Warner Brothers participation and granting. Yeah. Um, it's just not where I thought we were going to get live action Pokemon next. I, I figured was... it would be HBO Max. 
I don't figure right? it would be Kimmy Olsen. I, I, I figured that as well. Yeah. If we were going to get a show, that's what I figured. But I honestly thought we were just going to get a new film. Yeah. Not but, a Detective Pikachu sequel, just a new live action film set in the world of Pokemon. That, that's weird. I mean, it's just, it's just announced. I don't know. Maybe it can happen. I mean, if it actually does happen, we see a trailer, I'll believe it. But until I see that, I'm like, I he's so it. distrustful. Have you ever noticed how we distrustful got, he is? We about got Poke- we got Pikachu. This is going to happen. Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think my biggest thing is like, I don't have faith for a Netflix show to look as good as the movie. Oh, no, that's what I agree and, with. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, if they can't that's... look that good, I don't really want it. I want that's... a movie, again, that looks as good as that movie did, where, like, I believe, I I, I want to go to that world. Maybe That's how yeah. I want to feel when I watch it, and I just want another story it could in the be... world that Detective Pikachu set up. Like, that's, could... that's exactly how I feel about Netflix doing because, yes, Netflix has money, which is, Okay, I mean, or they don't have money. I can't remember, but when we they saw don't the- they don't have money, but they spend money like they have. It. Yeah, but okay. So, yes, it was season one of The Witcher. The effects, the, the visual effects for that movie or that show, they were good, but they weren't the best. Whereas what we saw in Detective Pikachu, that level of animation, I felt like these Pokemon were in the real world. I feel like with Netflix, we're not going to get that tra- that translation. Of course, it's a different well, studio. And it's not a one to one thing. Yes. But with Detective Pikachu, that was like, I, this is a lived in world. This is, if we can were to go like two regions over, there's Kanto, there's Red and Gary, there's Red and Blue. There's, there's so, the thing about the, the thing about the show is that at the end of the day, it will never look as good as Detective Pikachu. Nope. Just, it just won't. Yeah. And also, but like for me, like, not like CGI, like isn't always the end all be all for me because like they have to tell a story and Pokemon don't exist, so like they got to be CG. Like oh, I'm not gonna get mad if Pikachu doesn't cost a hundred million dollars on Netflix. Like I think I'm less concerned about like you know how good did they look kind of thing and yeah. like what what I love so much about watching the Detective Pikachu movie was that it felt so populated with Pokemon. Yeah, and I can't see where it feels that same way the way you know, I, like yeah. it, it can't it cannot feel that full of pokemon obviously we don't even know the story but like i mm-hmm. have to imagine if they're doing a tv show that it's like an adventure like like the, like the anime and the manga um and like honestly you can get away with having just a couple pokemon in each episode if you're trying to be lower budget and for me if you just are making a live action version of the anime i don't i don't need it to be detective pikachu because that's they're it's not the same thing Right. To take a Pikachu is a big budget movie that's with Mewtwo taking over the world. Mm-hmm. Like, Red is just like you're on an adventure with your Pikachu, right? It's not, it's, they're two yeah. different things. I, was, I don't need it to be Actually, that you're on an adventure with your Poliwhirl. You know, right? you know. I was, I was going to ask if, if it was going to be about, if it was going to take the story from the games and, and no, we plot. don't have, no plot has been announced. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm guessing, I, that's, that's just what I want from a TV show, honestly. Yeah. That's definitely what I want the next Pokemon live action thing to be. Yeah. Um, Not even that exact story, just like the story of a young person going on a badge adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, finally in the TV realm, Doctor Who made big waves this week. Chris Chibnall, who is the current showrunner for the show, is leaving the series and he is taking the 13th Doctor with him. Jodie Whittaker will be departing at the end of the 2022 after oh, wow. a trio of specials, um, apparently they had a, a three and out uh, pact with each other that uh, three 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 years and they'd leave. Oh, hey man, if that was their agreement, like I'd rather people leave on their own terms than leave on bad terms. You know, is yeah. that the shortest stint of a we had for an actor playing the Doctor? Or no, Eccleston. No, Eccleston oh. was one oh, season. Yeah. Duh, of course, my bad. Yeah. If you count Eccleston, 
No. If you want to take him out of, of that running because he only did the one season, yes. No, it would be pretty much the same as David Tennant's. It would no, it's much less than David Tennant. I, I, someone broke down like the episode numbers. David Tennant did 42. She will have rounded about, out, out to about 35. Okay. Still not a considerable, like, she she did a time. Like, she wasn't in it. Yeah, like, how long was Peter Capaldi the doctor for? Uh, three. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about, about it's been yeah. It's been pretty much the standard now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never yeah. mind. Because I felt like Matt Smith was the doctor forever after David Tennant. They took some he, long breaks. Yeah, there were some breaks that helped. Okay. Yeah. That's probably why. Uh, a maybe it's a longer period of time. Yeah. He was... He was three and a half. Feels like forever. Right, because he regenerated halfway into one season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I recall that. I'll catch up. We'll catch up eventually. Uh, I'm very interested in this season because I've heard that um, this season is one big story. So it's just like I watched a, the it's trailer. A whole, it's a whole event. It looked it looked pretty, uh, which pretty sounds kind of cool. I'm like, uh, that's nice. Uh, this is more actually in the style of like classic Doctor Who because like old Doctor Who would do like several episodes built one story rather mm-hmm. than like just a one off episode. Like um, and so uh, uh, I'm very interested in what this season is doing. I, I definitely want to put the time in and watch it. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, yeah. Curious who the next Doctor will be. Will they um, Will they go back to a guy, make it another girl, different I, race? I, I will put it this way. I don't see any version where we go back to a guy and that guy is white. I'll say I, that. I saw Richard Ayoade, and he is like the like the, the driest comedian of all time. And I'm like, he would be such a different choice. Like, oh, that would get me to watch that show. I think it's I think it's either it's it's either going to be another lady mm-hmm. or it's going to be a non-white male. Yeah, but it, I cannot see a white guy uh, stepping into the. I also now. foresee that. Yeah, yeah, uh, even an old white guy. Yep. No. Right. Just take the take the white out. Get it out. <laughs> take the white out. You're gonna color you color in the lines. All right, that was a horrible joke. Movie news. Haunted Mansion uh, had some news. I forgot that there was a new Haunted Mansion adaptation happening. Uh, I thought the Guillermo del Toro one canceled this. Um, Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish are in talks to star in the new Haunted Mansion adaptation. Uh, Stanfield would appear as a New Orleans tour guide who used to believe in the supernatural. And Haddish would play a psychic whom the family hires to commune with the ghosts. Uh, I guess this movie follows uh, a single mom and her son moving into the titular estate before discovering that it is haunted by ghosts. Hmm. Um, I I don't have strong opinions about this in either direction, I... honestly. Listen, uh, I, 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 have, think... I have the Eddie Murphy masterpiece, so, you know. <laughs> And I don't mean that. Um, at all. I very badly wanted Del Toro's Haunted Mansion, and barring away from that, um, I think I'm just more interested in a Haunted Mansion that would explore some of the stories uh, of the people who are the spirits there rather than just a family visiting the place, um, because there's a lot of books and comics lore that has been built around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is really, really cool and really fascinating. And I think there's a way to kind of like at least intermix that a little better. Not to say that this film won't. I'm just not necessarily sold on the concept of what sounds more or less like the same basic setup of the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion again. Mm-hmm. Um, I want something that digs a little more into the people that 
reside the spirits that reside within the mansion kind of like tower um, of terror it's still somewhat it bothers me that the movie won't just be a madame leota origin story um how she ended up where she was in the mansion um mm-hmm. because again like there's a lot of lore and like she's a later entry um it feels like there's just an obvious kind of way into it but uh I do have more faith in it than I have in the Eddie Murphy one because we're in the new age of Disney where they take a little more quality control to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, uh, yeah certainly like it, it breaks my heart that Del Toro didn't get to do it with how much he spoke about that being a passion project of his. Yeah, I remember uh, Favreau and Del Toro were talking about their Disney movies at the same time at a panel we went to at Comic-Con. They were both really excited, but both those projects didn't end up happening. You know how it works with Del Toro. We don't know what he's really working on until a trailer comes out. Yeah, yeah. that's that's how it works. Yeah, uh, but in this case, like we know that Disney kind of passed on his pitch. No, no, I know, uh, but I mean, just like, a, it's just a bummer. He's just always working on. Something yeah, else. yeah, for sure. Justin Simeon, uh, who uh, created Dear White People, is directing, uh, and Katie Dippold, who wrote, who co-wrote. And Ghostbusters answer the call with with Paul Feig. Uh, she's writing the script alone. Cool, guys. Did you like Halloween, the David Gordon Green Halloween movie? I like the one that I've seen. Yes. Well, get ready for it to happen again because The Exorcist, Blumhouse has tapped David Gordon Green to write and direct at least the first movie in a trilogy of Exorcist direct sequels. So, like, I really like The Exorcist. And I really like that Halloween remake that he did. So, like, on paper, there's no reason why I should dislike this. Yeah. But I don't know if I want it. Uh, as a person who really, really, really liked the Fox television follow-up, The Exorcist, uh, that had two seasons, and the first season is a direct sequel to the film, with Gina Davis playing the grown-up um, Reagan. Reagan. Um, Ronald. I don't. Huh. Ronald nope. Reagan. Nope. McDonald. Uh, I don't really need this because I thought that that show actually did an incredible job of following up on that film it's in a way that felt variant, resonant and cool. Variant direction. Yeah. And while this is like, I it could be good. Um, I, there's nothing drawing me to it either um well, okay you know there's always i think the i'd be more too. to be honest with you i think i'd be more interested if it wasn't like we're setting out to make a trilogy follow-up and i'm like yeah Can that's just yeah. make like one good one yeah that was yeah because halloween wasn't devised as a trilogy even though yeah and even if it was they didn't market it that way at first yeah yeah um you know there's there's the exorcist 2 there's the prequel which i think i saw uh then there's the the show so now we're gonna gonna try again yep every no franchise stays dead uh ellen burston is going to return as the character chris mcneil and leslie odam jr has been cast as a father whose daughter gets possessed by a demonic spirit that's um (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's like reagan's uh mom that's like the mom in the movie so she's like this So like they're they're like doing I guess like a Force Awakens where like oh they got to bring the mom of the last girl because she knows what's up and I'm like okay sure Terminator it's cool that action yeah it's cool to bring that actress back you know it's uh I really like 
that show I can't talk up enough. Um, I really wish more people had given it a shot. Um, my favorite thing about that show is that the first season is a direct sequel to the film. And then the second season follows the priests who got tied into that story for this follow-up, but they do a whole other thing. And they're, they're dealing with other stuff in the second season. It has nothing to do with that family. Um, and that's really cool. And this just doesn't, I, I that was that was great and i don't need another yeah this is like uh this is like how once upon a time came up with a better like frozen uh follow-up then oh yeah then they deserve that actually tied in the snow queen and made it mm -hmm. like elsa's elsa and anna's aunt and because that show did it the movies can never do it and i'm like mm -hmm. uh, all right okay i remember that i say as a person who likes frozen too, and you know but like ugh. and at the end of the day like our mantra is like anything could be good. So like yeah. if a trailer comes out and it looks to be really good, I'm like that's great. But like you know, like just create creative. Just sometimes just maybe just do an original one. Maybe I think again like the thing that the, that the trilogy gives me thing. Pause. Yeah, I think the thing that gives me pause is I don't need this fan. Like there's a big difference. We don't know the context of the trilogy, but like there's a big difference to me between like Jamie Lee Curtis and her family being tied back to Michael Myers for a trilogy of films, and this family being tied to demonic shit for three more movies. Yeah. Because again, then you're just like, I mean, they're doing what those other movies did, but ignoring the sequels, which, you know, doesn't have, they do have those characters, but also lots of other characters. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Talked about the casting for Batgirl recently. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in talks to return as Commissioner Gordon for the Batgirl upcoming HBO Max movie. Well, now we know it's not Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> No. I assumed it would be. This is weird. Yeah, I assumed it was going to be. Well, I thought know. we were taking a big step away from this this version of like the, the, Batman, yeah, the yeah. Batman side of the world. Yeah. Uh, because but, I assume that after Flashpoint, we're not going to be thinking about Ben Affleck Batman. So I didn't think we'd be thinking about J.K. Simmons Gordon anymore. Either. Yeah, it's 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 messy because like now we know like okay, so this Batgirl is not tied to the current universe and it's also not tied to the batman so this is just a multiverse background movie because like the snyderverse is dead they're not bringing it back but if they bring jk back he's the dude in those movies so well, i mean they are bringing back ben affleck for the flash so maybe warner Bros. Yes, is thinking like, like maybe we keep ben affleck but it's also but it's like a one and done song. thing yeah it's like a swan song yeah. i don't think warner that. brothers i don't think warner brothers is thinking like that yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy. I, I We all like J.K. Simmons. Like, he had a, a non-role. As, as I mean, like, I kind of, yeah. I will say, like, I kind of get it because, like, it doesn't totally fit in the world of Robert Pattinson's Batman if he's in, like, his second year. Yeah. Like, you'd have to be doing some weird time shit. They're also doing that, like, Gotham show. I don't know if that's, like, that it's going to be completely different from Batgirl. Well, that's yeah. a prequel. Well, that's, that's with Jeffrey Wright. Oh, that is, with, the, yeah, sorry. That's right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the... But that's that what I mean. That we're going to be having two like Gotham shows, and like man, I don't know, like I don't know. Man. It's a multiverse, you know. I read choose it. your own adventure, DC. I guess. Yeah, it's twelve Batman books. This know. is this is unexpected and strange. I'm not against it. I just I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I feel I, like I feel like we're not going to know anything for sure about what DC is doing going forward until Flashpoint comes out. Yeah, I feel like we're all kind of waiting to know. Okay, so what is the strategy here? What is your universe? I is wonder there, is there one, or are we just throwing our hands up and saying, I you know, whatever? Wonder if if Flashpoint is going to be like, well, even though like the Flash had Crisis, I wonder if like the bigger like the movie version is like it's going to be like what Loki did, like oh we're breaking the multiverse like really, and then like is this what's 
Is that what Flashpoint's going to be? It's going to be like, oh, look, all... Well, it is, because we've got both Batmans. We have multiple Batmans in the movie. Well, I don't think it's going to necessarily do the the breaking the multiverse thing. I, no, I, yeah. I have a theory. I honestly just think it's their way of being like, Robert Pattinson is now Batman. Yeah. Don't worry about Ben yeah, Affleck. But, but that's why it's weird that this Batgirl project's coming up the way it is. Yeah. Because in that in that version, that would mean it's coming from a dead universe or a dead thread. Uh, they 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 just Warner Bros. just doesn't know what they're doing right now. Starboards. Sometimes there's a universe. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes we don't worry about it, and sometimes we really worry about it. Hey, man! Like we're getting the Batgirl movie, so that's cool. We are also getting. This was announced today. A new Digimon movie. <gasps> We're also getting a new Digimon show, but I don't really care, so I didn't put it in there. Is um, this new from the different from the new anime? Yes. So the, the anime will end. The current running anime will end, and a new show will take its place. Um, and it's going to be completely unrelated to what's come before, like all the Digimon That's shows are. Weird. Why? Because that current anime was received really well. Yeah, I think they're kind of just committing to the fact that that digimon only gets one season they've there's only ever been one second season in digimon and technically it's not even a second season it's just it's just strange i like i that digimon anime in japan took off like gangbusters uh so it's weird that they're not just keeping that in this new age of anime um where like the the concept of season storytelling is changing uh okay <laughs> um well anyway but the big the big news kind of for us being the old guard of digimon that we are um is that the adventures 2 cast are getting a new movie set oh. after digimon last evolution of kazuna which is the last movie for the adventure one kids ty and matt Ooh. Mm, so yeah, i have a movie i got it yeah. uh, a few weeks ago um so this will be um, much in the same way of that movie and Digimon Adventures try um, kind of their next story uh, because they were so sparsely integrated into Try and Last Evolution Kazuna. So now they're getting like a dedicated story to that cast and crew. Uh, Is it days. canon to those movies? Yes. Okay. So, so it the is last that... Digimon movie wasn't actually the last Digimon movie. It was the last for Ty and Matt. So technically. But, but it's not the last for that world. Right. It's not the last for that okay. world. Um, so Tom- get, I was going to say we're going to get Davis, Cody, Holy, Ken. Ken. Uh, and, and you know, um, TK and Kari. Yes. Because uh, they're part of that crew. Uh, Tamohi- Tamohisi Hisa Taguchi and writer uh, Aka- Aksuki Yamatoya. Uh, they were the director and writer for Last Evolution Kazuna. They are reuniting for this movie cool uh i'm excited i'm excited to be back in that world i i was i i think last evolution kazuna is a good movie but not a great ending movie so i'm glad to get like another world another entry into that world that old world of digimon and with davis uh uh and and them i really i like those characters and i miss them in the last run so it's cool that they're getting like a dedicated story I sense I a have Digimon no marathon for me in the near future. What'd you say, Ben? I sense a Digimon marathon for me in the near future. You should do it. Um, no, I haven't. I have. I bought, and I haven't seen the last movie of um, Digimon Adventures Try yet. It's mm-hmm. been years. And I finally got the Blu-ray, 
and I also in the same in the same purchase I bought uh, Last Evolution Kazuna because I've been trying to find that, and I now so now I have both of those those movies. I just haven't watched it yet. You should. Um, the other thing oh. is that uh, I just found out this week that the adventure remake that we talked about um, is receiving a dub in the fall. So uh, Crunchyroll will air it in the fall. Sweet. Do you know, is that new voice cast, brand new voices? They haven't said, but the official wiki says it's the original voice cast, which would be strange. I, I thought so too. I was, I, I highly suspect suspected that if it got a dub, it was going to be a brand new voice cast. Yeah. I would kind of hope because that, most of the cast hasn't returned anyway. One of them died recently. Oh, yeah. I wasn't on that episode when uh, the voice actress for Mimi passed away, which really sucked because I yeah. loved Mimi. I really it, did. I actually liked Mimi as a character a whole lot throughout the whole Digimon Adventure show. He hated the rest of them. Though. I did not pay a ton of attention, but if I recall correctly, I believe that the Japanese voice cast only has one person who returned, and the rest was a whole new cast, and there was some reason why they wanted to keep that character the same something about like you know just the performance being iconic like it'd be weird to replace them kind of thing um yeah there's a whole there's a whole special feature on last evolution kazuna where the voice actor for ty talks about how like i'm so excited that like i didn't change ty's voice when i was doing i just the character aged with me so i just kept the voice my voice because it would get older like ty's voice and i'm like so if you came back for the new one you sound like an old man playing right. a two-year-old. Yeah, and they, and they don't. They, you know, so mm, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Anyway, comics news. Uh, Scott Snyder, his best jacket press um, uh, imprint, reached a really cool deal this week. Comicsology and Dark Horse are going to both publish uh the next wave of best jacket press comics from Scott Snyder and many collaborators, which I'll name soon. Um, Eight. um, Comicsology will publish them first on their digital website. And then dark horse will publish physical copies for the stores some months later, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. The new titles that were announced are barnstormers written by Scott Snyder with art by Tula uh, Latte. A high-flying adventure romance set just after the First World War. The Book of Evil, Scott Snyder again. These are all Scott Snyder. I'm not going to say. Yeah, I'm not going to keep saying Scott Snyder. He's written all eight of these books. He's the writer for all of them. The Book of Evil will be with with Jock, um, a prose story about four young friends grow, growing up in a strange near future where over ninety percent of the population are born as psychopaths. Ooh. Canary, with art by Dan. Panosian, uh, it's an it's an eighteen ninety one, it's eighteen ninety one, and a mine collapses into itself. Find out what the dark substance found six hundred and sixty six feet underground is in this horror <laughs> western. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, clear, art by Francis Manipole, a sci fi mystery thrill ride into a strange dystopian future where a neurological internet connection. Is transforming reality. The Matrix. Duck and Cover with art by Raphael Albuquerque. A manga influenced teen adventure set in the strange post apocalyptic America of 1955 in conjunction with Albuquerque's Stout Club Entertainment. So that'll be. They're both imprints are publishing that. Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine. 
Jamal Igle and Juan Castro as the artists. Um, a rollicking adventure story about a boy, his dog, and a machine that controls time and space. What could go wrong? Night of the Ghoul, art by Francesca Frecovia. A dazzling work of horror, intercutting between the present-day narrative and the story of a lost horror film. And then finally, we have Demons, with art by Greg Capullo and Jonathan Glapian and Scott Snyder. Did I mention these are written by Scott Snyder? Yeah. Um, the conflict between good and evil is about to come to a head when a teenage hero embarks on a journey that unveils a secret society, monsters, and mayhem. Uh, Frank Avia is one of the most exciting artist names here for me. Um, every single one of these, every single one of these artists is an A-list. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, I know. I know. I'm just like uh, you can be excited for literally any one of these names, and like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Avia is more well known for like their uh, the poster stuff. work. Um, so this is we cool. did Afterlife of Archie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying like they didn't do yeah. uh, comic art. Um, just th- their posters have really been a, a dominant takeoff for them. So mm-hmm. cool, cool to have them coming back for a comic like this. Are all these uh like they're you know one and dones, no ongoings amongst these? It doesn't say specifically. I would imagine they're minis. I that's no. what I'm suspecting too. I was just curious if yeah. anything was like this these are minis, but these two are ongoings or this one's an ongoing or something. Yeah. Okay. I, they didn't say specifically. Um but yeah that, I think that's really cool that he's like looking out for his artist collaborators. He's like I'm go- let's let's collaborate with some of the best names in comics and do this cool deal that gets everyone paid well and we'll oh, yeah. Uh, this is very much Scott Snyder walking the walk after talking the talk when he said he was done with uh, over at DC. Uh, yeah. Which I'm glad to see. Yeah, me too. Uh, a lot of these sound really cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a previews for all of them out. Um, and like, I love Tula's work uh, like that. Uh, everybody's work here is like so exciting. And like, I can't imagine that these are ongoings because all of these guys are like A-listers who like don't do 12 issues of comics. Right. Like they're just, they're too good to do that. Um, so like, I have to imagine that a lot of these are going to be minis, which is fine. You know, just a nice trade to have. But like, again, yeah, eight new comics from like Scott Snyder and the best artists in the world. Like it's, it's getting paid, getting comics made. I love nothing, it. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. Oh, and a lot of these, a lot of these creators, this is their first um, uh, indie Digital? creation. They're like, they're um, uh, like, they own it. What's it called? Oh my God. Creator owned. Creator owned. Creator owned. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, first ever creator owned projects. Well, guys, I asked the question again. Do you want more Batman in the world? Do we need more Batman in the world? I mean, I'm content this week with Winston Duke. So what are we talking about here? Well, how about a new Batman comic from the Black Label? No. Too many. No, hold on. Keep going, Brandon. Jock is writing and drawing Batman One Dark Knight, uh, which will be a new Black Black Label three-issue miniseries. Okay. Um... Do you want me to read the synopsis? Yeah, because unless it's just like it's Batman and he breaks people's faces. Uh, when a single DC lived in the real world, <laughs> when a simple GCPD escort goes sideways, Batman finds himself on the wrong wrong end of the, of Gotham City in the middle of a heat wave with a supervillain in tow. Follow Batman as he traverses block by block across a pitch dark Gotham City while dragging a highly difficult EMP to this permanent home to its to his permanent home at Blackgate Prison. The dark corners of Gotham City contains many surprises and 
EMP plans to deliver many more shocks before the before the night is through. I don't need it. Um, the thing is, Jock's a really good artist. Uh, he did the Black Mirror with Scott Snyder, like that dude. He did Witches. Like I love his work. Um, I don't need I don't need him. It's kind of like Andreas Andreas Sorrentino. Like I I I love him, but like I I don't know if I'll read him just because he's on Batman. It sounds nice enough for a three issue thing. Where yes. if like I heard good things about it, I get the trade. Yeah, if it, if it was like a twelve issue, I'd be like probably not. But three issues is pretty easy. Uh, guess who's in the chat? I was Meg. just waiting. I was on the radio. I was waiting for you guys to stop talking so I could bring him in. Oh, sorry. Whoops, I'm late. Thanks, oh, my Mag. goodness. Mag says, "Whoops, I'm late. Sorry, Ben. Oh, I took yeah. your thunder." You do the comments from now on from Mag, who we forgive for being late. Yeah. Yes, only this once, though. Well, Comic-Con happened last week, and we didn't talk about Sunday because we recorded on Saturday. So we got some Sunday news, guys. And I remember last week we were like, probably nothing's going to come out at all. Nothing at all. And then A couple came things out. came out. Yeah. Not a whole lot, but a few. Legends of Tomorrow had a panel uh, where they talked about some new uh, additions to the cast. Uh, Amy Louise Pemberton will appear in season seven as Gideon. She is the voice of Gideon, the AI on the Legends ship, um, the Wave Rider, and, and Flash. She'll, and Flash, and she'll be a physical body in season seven. This has happened once or twice before, um, but only for like a single episode. I remember where, the episode where, uh, well, there was a recent one. There's just this last season of Legends where like Gary hallucinated and saw uh gideon in the flesh um so it's happened but uh it's nice that this actor is finally getting like a full-blown appearance rather than just one-off episodes mm -hmm. yeah. so cool for them and then uh matt ryan is leaving legends of tomorrow as john constantine and returning to legends of tomorrow season seven as a different character altogether that makes me think Constantine's coming somewhere else. Whether it's HBO they're, Max. They're dropping Constantine on Legends so they can put Constantine somewhere else. In a bigger movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably, uh, yeah. I haven't caught up on this season of Legends, so I don't know. I have nothing to say about this. Really. I watched the trailer that for this. Did you watch the trailer? Mm -mm. Oh, I watched. I'm caught up on Legends and you're not. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, this, this, this trailer enticed me only for Constantine because Constantine is apparently doing some dark magic shit. Like they want, they have to stop before it gets any worse. And I'm like, that looks pretty cool. Uh, that. I mean, like again, uh, legends outside black lightning. I think legends is the show to go back to. I um, probably, probably will. The seasons are fun. Like, they, worth watching. like this trailer has them. Like they get trapped in like a dimension where they, they have to bowl their way out of it. Yep. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that sounds, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna, I'll watch that. Sure. That's that tracks. That's legends uh it's just it's just cool that like they're like we want to keep you around but i guess we can't do constantine anymore it is it is cool um they can use that character he's not the character but the guy from doom patrol who is a constantine knockoff willoughby or whatever his name is oh shit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that guy he can't be that guy but uh uh that'd be funny if he was man god doom patrol's great yeah uh a new adaptation of day of the dead is coming to sci-fi as a tv series and it um, dropped its first trailer. Yeah, boy. Sure Sci-fi has had some good shows in the past few years. Sure has. This don't look like one of them. <laughs> so, obviously, it's a it's a TV show. Um, but if this is supposed to be like a reimagining of Day of the Dead, it doesn't look anything like Day of the Dead. It just looks like it, a zombie movie. And it doesn't even look like... not. It looks generic. 
It said it was an homage to George A. Romero. Yeah. Cool. So cool. Zombie movies can do that, sure. All I yeah. care about is that I have seen good sci-fi shows and seen trailers for good sci-fi shows in the past few years. I, I, I One of the most famous things I did on this podcast was say nobody needed Krypton and then tell you Krypton is actually fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this just doesn't look like one of those to me. It doesn't yeah, look like it. You became, it's a, a, you became I don't even a you became a diehard Krypton stan when that. Oh, one hundred percent. I think and Krypton. It's like, great. I think Krypton's two seasons are some of the strongest Superman content, uh, as far as his villains and his world put to screen, uh, ever. Um, and Love I will it. stand by that. Uh, Krypton's well worth your time whenever you get the chance. Um, I don't even think that this is a case of it just being a bad trailer. I think this just looks like a sloppy show. This it's, reminds me a lot of a different zombie show they've had on sci-fi for years that also doesn't appeal to me. Um, that I, I, watched, the I watched the first episode and it was super generic. Actually, uh, it's like something, yeah. something Z. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, Z and, Nation. Uh, Nation. Z Nation. Or, yeah, yeah. It's Z Nation. Yeah. Um, this just looks like more Z Nation to me. This looks yeah. of the same caliber of quality and I don't care for that show and I don't think I'd care for this one. This looks like a misfire on sci-fi's part. True. Yeah. The thing about this trailer it was just like, oh look, another zombie movie or another zombie thing. I haven't Man, look, a hundred percent. Like, I would pick up The Walking Dead again before I would watch this, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not close oh, to doing that. Absolutely. Right now. Although I do like, I still do want to watch that um, World Beyond or whatever it is. Yeah. That that show I kept hearing just nothing but good things about, and the concept just fascinates me to no end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chucky, the new sci-fi TV series. Uh, set after the whatever the last movie was that wasn't Child's Play. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw. I watched. I think it looks pretty good. I'm not uh, a big Chucky person to begin with. Oh, so well, this is just, I am. Okay, so this so, yeah. is just not for me. No, yeah. Um, I definitely thought it looked better than the other sci-fi show that we're talking no, about. Yeah. Like, I definitely yeah. thought like the, the quality seems like it's there. Um, it certainly seems like it's playing with all the Chucky elements. I'm not. I'm not anti it. It's just not. It's not, uh, for, it's not yeah. for me. And look, to be honest, it's just that the later Chucky movies just burned me out. I gotta tell you, bud, I, I, we're gonna do... That's a, me. No, I know. We're gonna do a reevaluation of some of those movies, because those are... Those are... They've only gotten better with time. Because um, <laughs> those movies, they turn in... It's not It's not those original Chucky movies. They are they are family dramedies that are like John Waters. John Waters is in them. I am yeah. 100% willing to admit that like the last two or three Chucky movies I saw under like the worst circumstances you can, which is on TV with commercial breaks cut down. Yeah. Uh, then you definitely not, ha- not the way to watch them. Yeah. Uh, but I also never felt the need to like seek them out no, in, yeah, a, yeah. in a different avenue. Uh, it's just like, I know after the, 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 the reboot came out with, with like, it was cybernetic Chucky. Yeah. Um, people were like, well, that's, you know, that's not hashtag, not my Chucky. And I'm like, I get it. Um, after seeing this trailer, I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. You guys are kind of right. Like, I like Chucky and he, he is in uh, Brad Dorf is like such a character with, with that character. And like having ha- basically, this is like a remake of the fir- of child's play, but in a TV form. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of quality, it looks like a good version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, will it be that good? Like who's to say, but who's like, I I'm shocked that this looks as good as it does. I actually kind of was into this. I like the idea that Chucky is, uh, quietly manipulating this boy in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it looked kind of like a like a like he, like he was a trickster god, which I, yeah. I, I kind of attached to. 
Um, I think I might actually check this out. I'm not familiar with Chucky that that much, but I don't think you're going to need to know too much about its lore. Going, you don't this. need to, but Brandon, I would recommend that you watch at least the first movie because the first movie is really good. I watched. The I agree with Ryan. I don't think there's anything wrong with the first movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I if I hear good things, I will want to give this time. I'll definitely watch the first episode and I'll let you know. Army of Thieves released its first teaser trailer. This is the prequel to Army of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder's film. It's so weird to watch a movie where the zombie apocalypse is just like a footnote in the yeah. background. It doesn't um, happen. This yet. this made me think of like if the if the Fast and Furious and Jurassic World crossover stuff was true. That this like the way they talk about the zombie apocalypse is the same way that the Fast and Furious stars would think about Jurassic Park. Yeah. They're like, yeah, there's dinosaurs, but we don't go there. <laughs> like, I, like, what a weird, yeah. what a weird thing. Uh, I I like Army that did fine. I'm not gonna watch this. Like, I like I like that character and I like that actor. Yeah, but nothing in this trailer made me want to watch this. If movie. I hear good things, because like I like a good heist movie. If it's a good heist movie, I'll watch it because it's also directed by the guy playing theater. Like he's yeah. also like a filmmaker. And again, I think that's I think that's really cool. He likes the character enough. That's that's the thing that that like we talked about Army of the Dead. We had a review of it on the show. Uh, where my biggest thing was like you know the trailer sold me on a on a zombie heist movie. What I got was a zombie movie with a heist element. Yeah. Um, this again is trying to sell me on like that fun heist movie thing. But now that I know what Army of the Dead was actually, I'm worried that we're gonna get like another situation where it's like, oh yeah, this was just a, a movie. It's like I got a feeling this one is a heist. It's like an I'm into that with the heist yeah. element. I'm into it if it's a heist movie. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is that like usually when I get sold on a heist movie, there's more than a single character I'm wanting to watch it for. Mm-hmm he's the only character that this movie seems to give a shit about that this movie seems to be made for at least marketing at least in the marketing and kind of in concept uh even just in the idea of like we made army of the dead let's make a movie about that dude and like the whole movie stems from that and none of those characters are going to carry over because right and so that the whole movie stems from that core idea and i'm like that's less appealing to me yeah i mean he wants to make his own cinematic universe i guess do it with the, the german guy and we know, uh, you know, we know where his character ends up too, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's the same issue. Julie, Black Widow he's had. a robot. It's the same issue we had with Black Widow. A hundred percent. Like if I hear this movie's not very good, but they explain the robots, I'll be like, well, I gotta watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me uh, about I, the robots. I didn't watch this one because I'm not familiar with the series, but Dexter, New Blood. Yeah, show. this looks this looks really good. I love Dexter until I didn't um everybody yeah <laughs> that's the world that's um it's very much like a game of thrones situation we're like man this show's so good and 100 then it's gonna just, say the same and then just it gets to a point where it's like what are you guys doing why does your sister fall in love with you it's weird <laughs> um this looks really good this looks like a good like yeah it's like 10 years later and like dexter is living a new life and he's like he's like if anyone finds out that i'm this person my life is over so i have to be like hidden but i have the urges because i'm a bad boy but i'm a good boy um it looks quality and I'm really excited for the show to be back. Um, Cause like, yeah, it, I always want things to end with like on a good note and that show ended just sour. So like, if this is a nice little mini series thing, um, I think man, it looks good. Old man Dexter. Old man Dexter. Yeah. Michael C. Hall's looking good. Yeah. All right. Trailers. Wait, we just did that. Well, more trailers. Just Comic-Con trailers. trailers. Regular trailers. Oh. That was regular trailers. We left the convention center. Yeah. We left the convention center to watch the first trailer for Vivo. Sony Pictures' new animated film. 
That looks actually really cute. Another Lin Lin Manuel yeah, Miranda. Another Lin Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> musical joint, but at the same time, he knows what he does and he does it very well. And people look he knows really what cute. he does. I I really like this. I like like the girl too. This I found this trailer to be oddly extremely charming. And I I kind of want to watch it. I am no longer confident with writing off Sony Pictures Animation. Um, I'm I'm starting to think that we're going into a renaissance for them. Mm. I I'm, I'm, a big word. I'm I honestly I'm thinking we're like we're getting to a point where like DreamWorks had whether we talked about on Friday DreamWorks had like a a good five year stretch that was just awesome movies i'm i'm kind of think i'm kind of wondering are, what are we the movies that you're mitchell versus the machine is that the last one verse okay okay yeah. sure yeah i'm sure. starting to think yeah, of we're, we're heading into it right now yeah um this definitely was extremely charming i love that it's using different animation styles with like 2d and 3d to tell the story um it looks really good i i kind of wish it wasn't to oh this person turns into an animal because like i i was loving the trailer until that happened and then like it still looks great but i'm like oh it's it's an animated. He kid. never turns into. There's no one ever. He turns into a cat. Huh? He doesn't turn into a cat. No. Oh. No. No one turns what? into an you... animal. Oh. Vivo was has always been a monkey. A mo- Am I thinking of a different trailer that I watched? Uh oh. <laughs> there is a cat in one of these trailers. Oh, okay, I could have swore. Man, I must have like looked at my phone or something. It no, looks really no pretty. One, no one turns into <laughs> an animal. It is straight. Oh, I mean, that's, nope. that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. I'm not willing to like bet money on the idea that we're en- entering a Sony Pictures kind of like a uh, Renaissance good movie trend. Those last uh, two movies are also made by the same two, like same c- people. I know, so, but like, like, but like a good creative team can like kick you into gear. I'm thinking, yeah. but I'm not willing to like stand by that. Like, if it doesn't happen, I'm willing to retract this. Um, well, Vivo is really good, and then the next project that comes out of Sony Pictures Animation also looks really good and yeah. does nail it. Then yeah, we're in a Sony Pictures Renaissance. Other than that, we got two really good ones with Mitchells and Machines and uh, Into the Spire Verse. Um, they were made by the same, or they were made by a lot of the same people. So we're going through the same beats, Ben. Um, yeah. Okay. Brand new cherry flavor. Please tell me you saw this. I did, but I'm not. I'm having trouble. It's the David Lynch looking one with Rose Salazar. Oh yes, Captain okay, no, yes, yes. This is the and I and I don't get to say it often because like people people throw out Lynchian in in ways that they don't actually understand. Like, oh, this looks like a David Lynch thing, and they don't actually understand. This is like the most David Lynch thing I've seen that's not David Lynch in like years. This is so. Sure. This is so ethereally weird and like in like just like weird shots and like like i i don't even know what the hell's going on it's woman arrives in hollywood trying to sell a movie and weird shit happens that's all i know that happens this is so up my alley it's i really really like the designs of these creatures it's promising young woman but with witches wait brandon what what are you talking about there's no creatures in this movie is there yeah there are there's There's creatures Yes. The, the crazy the crazy shadow monster, the dude with no face. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. There was two different trailers, uh, and I watched both of them because I, I watched the first one and there wasn't any monsters. Now oh. I remember the second one. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, that's on me. Yes, did shadow like monsters. The, did you like the first trailer more than the second trailer? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Because I wasn't a big yes. fan of this trailer. Yes. I thought, I, thought, the... I thought the movie looks really cool. Yes. I didn't like the way the trailer was cut. Yes, I think the, I watched them both back to back because I realized I watched the one from five months ago. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, uh, visually um, i'm all about this yeah shadow monsters hell yeah lamb <laughs> what do i what do i and a24 what do i have to what do i have to say what do keep, i gotta say keep getting keep getting weird man it's antichrist probably I, I watched this um 
yesterday because I watched most of these trailers yesterday to, to have time today to not have to think about it. And um, I watched it with my mom. My mom was like, it ended and my mom was just like, oh no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh no. I'm not going to watch that. No. So, that's totally A24. Fair. I don't know what the hell they throw at me. But with this trailer, the first half, I'm like, am I going to a horror movie with a creepy lamb? And then the, the happy music. You see the crib. I was like, is this like a lamb that walks on two legs? Is this a bipedal lamb? And then you do, because mm-hmm. it is. And then it goes back into the horror bits. I'm like, hold up. Am I watching like a happy movie or a scariest shit? When, 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 it's, when, when, it's, when it's showing that and it's playing the happy music, that's called dissonance. We just had a conversation about this <laughs> yeah, with our friend Michael. Then, uh, that's funny. When he, uh, when the when the little lamb baby has the the flower wreath over over its head, uh, I go, I because I saw a picture of that uh, before I saw the trailer, and I was like, did A twenty four make a Midsommar parody film with goats? I I also saw that picture before I saw the trailer. I'm like, what's this Midsommar shit? And then it's like, <laughs> what the trailer for lamb? And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, um, wild movie. I'm really happy for Naomi Rapis. Uh, that she's got this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just God bless A twenty four. I have yet, weird. Shit. I have yet to watch an A twenty four film I didn't like. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, see Green Knight this week before I go to Miami. Oh man. Listen, I'm gonna let you know right now. I don't know if I can wait for your schedule to see Green Knight. My anticipation is so hot, so we need to figure out schedules because I'm seeing it this week with or without you. I'm just I'm <laughs> putting that threat into the world because I have to see it. I can't Ryan. wait any longer. My everyone else has seen it. Ryan, I'm just letting you know. Ryan, what? tell me when you want to go. When's this podcast over? <laughs> Chapel wait. Ooh, so new trailer for Chapel wait. I liked things in this trailer better i'm bummed but i didn't like this trailer better I'm, than the original i am bummed that this is on epics because it it doesn't look like it's it's like a cheap show like like there is some no it looks like they're going hard it looks like they're going hard and like this was a red band trailer with some really grotesque shit happened i'm like oh this does make me more interested in the show for sure not enough to watch it on epics um yeah. uh what was i gonna say this trailer, I thought, was the same one. I had to read. I had to double check and make sure this was a lot of the same sequences. A lot of it is the same. Yeah, but yeah. the new stuff I did see, I was like, that looks scary. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's the worms that come out of a that come, that I, comes out of Adrian oh, Brody. I'm mildly, mildly nervous about gross for gross sake. Yeah, rather than like actual good content. Yeah, um, just a gore fest. Yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous about that, and I'm like, that's. Yeah. That's one of those things that Stephen King's stuff usually isn't. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Which is a little weird. Um, this definitely did sell me more on it, but again, like if this was on if this was on like Hulu or something, like I'd be more oh, yeah, more, I'd more be, engaged. Be watching it. Yeah. yeah. Uh real quickly, uh, Lamb has a cat in it to bring it back around for what we were talking oh, about. Yeah. Lamb does has have a, a cat in it. It has a cat peeking up out of the tall grass, there. like, what's over there? Don't go into the tall grass. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Seeing the little the little lamb walk, so cute. Speaking of Jurassic Park, Phil Tippett, uh, Phil Tippett's Mad God, had a trailer today. Oh my god! Phil Tippett's going to his roots. This movie's like thirty years in the making. For Phil Tippett. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, this guy is just like is like a legendary uh, stop motion dude. You watch this trailer and you can spot it. You're like, oh, I've seen your shit. Uh. It's I I. There's no way to describe this trailer. 
like truly like it it's it's just lots of crazy, crazy stop motion shit. It's like it looks like a bunch of like people who are like who are like enslaved trying to break out, but like the craziest stop motion things you've ever seen in your life are happening. It vaguely reminds me of like the odd world stuff. Oh sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, like I've got there's a vibe there. I didn't even think um, about but that. It, but it's a wholly original thing that he's wanted to do for a long time. Really glad he got to do it. Yeah, I want to watch it. It looks uh, it looks technologically incredible. Mm -hmm. Is anyone familiar with that one meme from Lazy Town where it's that one guy's like, "Hey, do you have a fear of this? No. Do you like? Would you like to?" Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I like I, yeah. So while I was watching this trailer, I was like, "Hey, do you want to see some creepy shit? H have you seen some really creepy shit? No. Would you like to? Because that's like this is some creepy shit." There's like dudes just like, Ugh. I'm like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's just like, yikes. The Nighthouse had a new quick trailer. Boy, um, I really wanted to see this movie when I saw what? the first trailer for this. Yeah, I hated this trailer. Did I yeah, miss it? I just this this uh -oh. was all the most uninteresting stuff to me. Uh, from what that original like, it's just so weird. Why concept they, that the the first trailer was selling me on? They released like a minute long like short trailer after the first long trailer, and I thought mm -hmm. that was odd. That's like I didn't rewatch. I didn't watch the wrong trailer again. Right, like this no. was the short no, trailer. Just, just okay. a minute long. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know what this movie's about, but now you've showed me even less of it. So, like, if this is someone's first time watching it, it's just, it's just spooky imagery. Like, that's it. Just, oh, it's spooky. Okay. And it's all like, it all seems like, I had no idea that these kind of things would happen in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, certain like, like jump scare visuals or things like that. There's a whole thing where she gets like dragged by some invisible force. I didn't know that's what was on the table for the movie. It's much more like mental psychological weirdness mm -hmm. based from the first trailer and i was much more into that space going into the film yeah um did not care for this trailer <laughs> didn't wish i didn't know these things yeah. i like rebecca hall a lot so like i if i, I still want to see the movie yeah uh i just wish i didn't know any of that i don't know why they put out this trailer i'm like the first one set up like a spooky mystery that i was already here for this this just really detracted from that no, vibe yeah. i feel like it's yeah. like it sounds like dodge a bullet i accidentally missed this one act i went straight from um what should we call it wow what was the last trailer i saw don't worry I about it from a mad god to ghostbusters i totally skipped this one so good i'm glad i did well then let's get to ghostbusters afterlife the last trailer uh, i'm afraid of those ghosts what do we think of this one what do you think about it brandon i really liked it i thought it was okay I'm really excited for this movie, guys. It just doesn't. When I think I, I really like that first Ghostbusters, and it, it this just this is like lots of franchises are getting Force Awakened, and this is the most blatant of. We need to get the old people back together. It's the younger generation. We've forgotten that ghosts exist, even though something crazy happened in New York City twice. That's the hardest part for me to get over, I think. It's is... not like Star Wars, where it's an entire galaxy. Like, New York City twice was taken over by ghosts that millions of people And then no ghost saw. event, it happened again. That's still, people wouldn't know about it. Like, I get it. Uh, it looks like a good movie. Like, I'm not, like, I'm sure it's going to be a fun adventure movie. It doesn't strike me as the Ghostbusters movie I would make if we're doing, you know, a reboot. But also, like, the last movie wasn't exactly one one either, so like maybe it's just like don't worry about it. So much. I like the vibe. The vibe's it's a good vibe, but like yeah, it's a good vibe, but like yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. really happy to see McKenna Grace in the movie again. I like her a lot. Um, Egon's grandkid, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we got to see um, we got to see an original cast member. We got to see Janine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Bill Murray, kinda. Kinda. 
I thought that was Dan Aykroyd. No, it's Dan Aykroyd because he owns, oh, he owns a paranormal shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, man, they sound alike now. Well, they're both old, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. also got a, a first glimpse. Uh, Entertainment Earth accidentally or purposefully uh, leaked an image of what they look like as toys. So we kind of got a first look at what they're going to look like in, in their Ghostbusters gear and being old men. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, again, like, nostalgia is, like, the wave of the future. But, like, we're just revisiting everything from the first movie. Hey, it's the Safe Plus Marshmallow Man. Hey, we're going to go visit Gozo the Gozarian's Temple. And, like, the enemy of the movie is Gozer trying to make a comeback. And, like, yeah, that's see, cool. That's I've, I've seen Ghostbusters. Yeah, you see Zool, the dog, the dogs with Zool or whatever they're yeah. called, just, like, break out of Walmart. I'm like, that's Zool, isn't it? Yeah. And, right. like, like again, like, uh, all of this, like, this is negative. Like, this movie looks fine. I'm sure it's going to be great. But I'm just like, yep, this is definitely a, a, they're definitely making another Ghostbusters movie without doing too much different. Uh, I'm I'm definitely like sympathetic uh, to this being Reitman doing it, um, and that that's you know there's there's a lot of personal attachment there. Yeah. So I'm sure that some of that's got to bleed through in the film, and I think that's going to take it maybe a little over just good summer blockbuster fare. I hope so. Um, but. Uh, yeah uh i i i like the tone i'm certainly willing to spend the time in this for sure i mean yeah we're gonna see it i mean and if if it wasn't paul rudd like oh my god i'll watch paul rudd in literally anything like yeah that that guy's a treasure all right should we get into our main topic then yeah come on and cruise and wake up from the snooze all right what, what was We're that? talking about Me being fast. Jungle Cruise. What are you guys talking about? Sorry, I got off. I, it's like my 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 green screen is ripping because again, it's made for people who are not tall, and I'm just starting to rip it in there my belly button. <laughs> All right, um, we're talking about the new Disney uh, theme park adaptation, um, Jungle Cruise, starring The Rock and Emily Blunt, um, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Um, so full spoilers for this movie. So if you don't want to know anything more, skip ahead, pause us, whatever whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, but full spoilers from here on out, you've been warned. What do we think about this movie? Everybody. Okay, me first. So <laughs> I, I saw this on Friday with you guys. And the more I sit on it, the more I actually like it. I like now I, I really had fun with it. I mean, I, there's a few things here and there that I'm kind of, I'm not so warm on. Um, I definitely don't like it more than like, say, The Mummy or Pirates of the Caribbean 1. But it's still a fun action movie. It's still a fun adventure movie with the, with some pretty decent uh, mythology in it that I kind of dig. And also, I like it being set in the 1920s. So I, I enjoyed it. I still think it's it's, it's very fun. It actually it makes me want to go back on Jungle Cruise again. Uh, Sparks. Uh, I also think it is a fun uh, action-adventure movie. I think it falls short of clear potential to have been a great action-adventure movie. Ryan? I agree with what that dude said. The Sparks one. I think I, I had a really good time. I had a better time than I than I thought I was going to, but the further the movie kept going on, um, it just kept adding things, and I'm like, man, you guys just want to keep adding stuff to this movie, and I get it, but like at a point, it became not complicated, where it's like, I don't know what's going on. It just, there's a lot happening, and I'm just like, it could have been a lot simpler. It could have just been the adventure I thought it was going to be. Um, but over, overall, over stuff, over stuff. Overall, I still had a, a really good time. It's not the next Pirates, unfortunately. You know, um, right? I 
I obviously I, I believe I'm in the same mindset, although I did have a really good time with this movie. Um, I, I'm eagerly waiting to watch it again. Um, but I think much like, much like everyone's kind of echoed, uh, you know, it, it, it falls short of the movie of its contemporaries. It falls short of, of being where the mummy of Pirates of the Caribbean is. Um, but as a entry into the uh, swashbuckling adventure genre, I think it is a solid one. I think one of the, this, this even happened right when the movie started the funniest thing when Ryan and I were watching it, because Ryan was sitting next to me in our theater was the opening credits of the movie freaking uh, acoustic sad version of nothing else matters by Metallica starts playing and both Ryan and I turn to each other going is that effing Metallica and then they played again during the flashback scene and Ryan looks at me and he's like why are they playing Metallica and I'm like because you know it's so weird nothing else matters he's like okay but that's still weird it's just Metallica is is known for being really like stingy like with their like their music rights and like using Metallica is really expensive so yeah. I'm just like Disney spent all this money to use an acoustic version of one of their songs for Jungle Cruise, and it's just <laughs> they could have got a cool score for the movie, like a cool swashbuckling score, and they kind of do, but uh, but uh, but there's also like Metallica in it. Uh, it's a really good score. I'll say that up front. Like James Newton Howard turns out a really good score, sure. and the Metallica stuff is also really good in the score. My thing about the Metallica music, especially in the flashback sequence, is that it's going harder than the visuals can and are. And so it's like, I'm a little out of the movie because like you're rocking and I like it, but I don't know that it totally matches. The part part that's being that's being discussed is is when is when Dwayne Johnson reveals that he is a conquistador and he has been he has been alive for 400 years um, and he's talking uh to he's telling emily blunt what actually happened his side of the story of when he was back in the past with the conquistadors and the music and i, I was sitting there and i'm like i'm hearing the, the next door soundtrack right because there's no way this is happening right now in this movie <laughs> yeah and it is like the, the scene is going it is going hard but it's like in an eight where metallica is going at like an 11 i'm like oh man if you wanted to use this music you really needed to like get some extra vines or extra water or something, man. Cause like, it's like yeah. something you expect to see in like a suicide squad. Yeah. Or where or, like what? the visuals are built around. Okay. Uh, usually hold when on, you're doing on, something me... like this, the visuals are built to supplement into the music, the way that James Gunn will do things. He'll, he'll design the visual sequence to flow properly with the music. He designs it with the music in mind. This doesn't feel like it was done that way. Yeah. No. One of the ways that they could, the music could have easily helped, I was thinking, yeah, we see um, the one of the antagonists, I forget, the, the main conquistador's daughter. Like, yeah, you get it, she's sick, but probably would have held if you were like, oh, she is sick. Like, she, sick. Was, like, like, really, like, I don't know, like, really like, pale, sickly. You can, like, see her cheekbones. Like, like, you can tell she is on death's door. That's why he's going to get this thing. Instead of her going... <laughs> At least, she's going, <laughs> <laughs> At least that's why I think what have helped like make the music even like mo- like stand out more. Like what Sparks you're saying, like visually it would have because like yeah, visually it's an eight. The music is an eleven. The the I, the scene before it when the rocket stabbed and he falls and I was like okay okay, but obviously he's not dead. He's Dwayne Johnson. Like there's no yeah. way. And like they hit 
he hit the tree branches where I'm like, okay, that's the filmmakers telling us that they're breaking its fall. Is why Jack Sparrow can fall from a cliff and hit every bridge on the way down and not die. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I get it. That's your visual language. We're doing that. Then he slams face first into the rocks. And I was like, there's no way he made that. Oh yeah. I was for a split second. I thought, did they seriously just kill the rock? Did they seriously just kill him with a rock? In this they, don't, they don't have the they don't have the balls to kill him twice in this movie, all right? No, I was like, okay, first of all, he ain't he's, he's like, he ain't dead or just some crazy shit, crazy shit. Um, the the obvious like the the draw of the movie is is the leads is Dwayne and Emily. Um, but before we get to how great they are, I think I might be alone on this. I'm not sure. I'm gonna be honest, you guys. McGregor didn't really work for me for a lot of the movie. I didn't find Jack Whitehall to be particularly funny. I know I get what he was doing. I get what the character was just for me, whatever the brain of humor he was utilizing didn't connect with me. So about half the time I just found him to be annoying, but not in like the fun, like, Oh, he's an annoying character. I'm like, Oh, I just don't like what they're doing, but that's just a me thing. Um, I, I found him to be better at the end of the movie, but like the beginning of the movie, I was just like, Oh, this guy's kind of annoying. Uh, but that's me. No, I, there, I didn't really start liking McGregor until the end of the movie either because in the very beginning um, I loved Emily Blunt as the one who likes to get shit done because she's she's not afraid to venture out into the jungle she's not afraid to get her get her hands dirty she's she's like I'm going to go out there and look for shit whereas McGregor mm-hmm. is very she's not like, afraid to wear pants exactly she's not afraid to wear pants oh although that is one of my critiques i feel like the pants jokes kept going dragging on and i didn't like it after after a while like okay can we find another joke a woman in pants i know I really yeah I, I got i was over that first very few times okay first few times okay i get it and then after he kept after after it kept going and going and going i was like okay can you shut up sparks what were you gonna say i was gonna say i didn't mind him calling her pants Oh, I, um, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind no. that. I just it got it got graining every time they were just like, "Oh no, a woman in pants!" You know, I um uh, uh Frank calling um Emily Blunt pants. That's fine. That's a fun little nickname. I'm okay with that. Everything else was just like, "Can we stop?" I guess I'm just not remembering the the references outside of it. The conquistadors were always her. like, "It's the woman in the pants." Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like that didn't bother me. Um, I, in fact, like it, you're muted. Sorry. In fact, like in the context of, uh, knowing that Frank, uh, did come from that time of, of 400 years. This is the first woman he's ever seen in pants. I understand that like, it, it, it didn't feel it, it. That didn't jar me. That didn't. That's fine. Also didn't jar me. I didn't mean to reply that it did. Um, I just I, thought they did it too many times. Like, it's just a joke. That's like, Oh, I know. I get it. I, I really like. Uh, because Sparks brought brought up Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, four hundred years thing. Um, I think this is the most human I've seen Dwayne Johnson in a long time, um, and I, I I felt a lot coming from him performance wise to try and like to like really make this character work in this world and feel really human uh, and really connected with him in a way that I haven't in a lot of his movies recently. I I don't know how much I'm going to agree or disagree with that. Because, like, he's always the heart of every movie he's in. Like, Rampage, he's the only reason, like, he makes the heart of that movie with that big monkey man. That's a good point. I think Rampage yeah. is the most recent time where yeah. I felt that way. I don't feel that way about his character in, like, Fast and Furious. Oh, uh, no. You know, and I think that's, like, a lot of what his, some of his more recent fare has been. Or Jumanji, even, um, where it's, like, more... How recent is uh, Moana? Because my, my memory's bad. 
five years. That's mo- it's still recent. Five years, yeah, six years. Recent. I think Rampage is more recent. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'd even go so far as like I'll give him skyscraper. Too. I was like, he's good in skyscraper. He's he's good in skyscraper. Yeah. Um, but I do think like if you're comparing to like his Fast and Furious fare, yes, this is a emo- more emotionally connected character. Yes, than the big sure, muscle, than the big, than the yeah, big yeah. action. No, I agree. Star, with he's the, the Fast and Furious. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I was just, I didn't mean to make it a whole thing about his long career. I just, oh, I like, I, I like him in this uh, a, a lot. And, and I think his performance is elevating a weak script for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. If, if, if it wasn't these two leads, like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think the humor works really well in this movie. Dwayne Johnson is, is very funny with his puns. Um, his, I think it's all implemented dry. really well. Yeah, his... I would have been mad if if there wasn't more Jungle Cruise in the Jungle Cruise movie. I thought it was, was so funny. He was so I good. Was happy of all the, yeah. the the classic jokes taken straight out of the ride, like that sandstone. But a lot of people take it for granted. I'm like that's it's a classic joke from Jungle Cruise. You gotta love it. My yeah. favorite one. Sorry, Sparks, go ahead. His dry deliveries, I thought, were landing really well. My favorite one was when they're going to the Headhunters. It's like, uh, where are we going, the Headhunters? Which is the four- last place you'd want to be headed oh god frank really i can't turn it off i'm sold on his character very early on uh like what he's delivering to the film uh in the moment where the little girl's like mommy can you make him stop and he says no one can and don't interrupt me um and he (laughs) just just gives no shit that i'm like all right whoever you are i'm here (laughs) like i'm here to watch you um yeah i go ahead no, we, we see a quick little um, actor thing. We see the guy who was the husband in uh, WandaVision. The one with the mustache. Yeah. Norm. Yep. Yeah, Norm. We see Norm. He's on the cruise yeah. in, the, in the movie. Yep. I noticed him immediately because like he still has a mustache. Mm-hmm. He still has a mustache. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, the designs of the Conquistadors uh, were really cool, even though I couldn't mm-hmm. look at one of them at all. Yeah. I, I love, I love, I wish they, I like the villains. I wish, I don't know if I would have wished they would have focused on one to elevate either one because like Jesse Plemons is just having so much fun. He oh, is so oh, much yeah. fun as this German prince. The thing is, like, I think the film is weaker without him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But like, I, I, I the I conquistadors don't have enough there on their own. But I think the designs, like I agree, Brandon, like they are very reminiscent of like Davy Jones's crew. Like they're each really unique and super cool. And like there's the water guy, the bee guy, like this is the snake man. Uh, like the bee radical. guy, the bee guy having having this really cool like beehive skin, or uh, uh, even even and it's gonna kill me to say it. Even the snake dude, when you can see the snake under the translucent skin, I'm getting horrifying tingles in my spot in my spine yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Just even describing it because it terrified me. But it was uh, a really cool design yeah. uh, that I saw maybe like 5% of. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there watching all the snake stuff. I'm like, ooh, Brandon hates this so much. Right Sparks now. even turned around because we were at a private theater. Sparks yeah. even turned around and goes, you okay? I go, no. Right, yeah, it had been like the third, the third like focused attention on a snake. And I was like, oh, yeah, Brandon's here. How you doing, bud? <laughs> all right. So question, Brandon. Better or worse than Snake Eyes? Uh, snake eyes have got to be worse, right? Those are giant. Snake, yeah. snake eyes, those look more realistic um, than the ones in Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise ones do look a little more cartoonish, but because there's so not many, that, not that first one, that that main one when uh, it comes out when they're when he goes to the green one that's like just sitting there staring at him. 
stop it. <laughs> That's the realistic looking one. The, the the because there's so many of them, I would probably say this scared me more than Snake Eyes. Okay. Um, but quantity, ooh. not quality. Got it. I couldn't. I had to. I had to have Zara plug my ears because I could hear the slithering. Ooh, you can hear the hissing. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, besides that guy, um, I have to agree. Um, Frack, what was the the, the German? It's the main villain too. It's the main one. They couldn't make it the side one. He had to be the main one. Well, of course. Yeah, but um, and it was the the German guy whose name I am completely forgetting. I loved him as a bad guy. I thought Jesse Clemens. He's good at everything. Thank you. I felt that um, yeah, I agree. Without him, the movie would have. I probably would have disliked this movie a whole lot more. Um, I loved how he was chewing up the scenery, and also I loved how when he's in the society and he just starts murdering fools, saying after he's like, "You said my name," and just starts murking mur- fools left and right. He's like, "It's like, oh, he is one of those guys who is not afraid to get shit done." Oh yeah, uh, I wish he was in the movie more. Yeah, me too. I also really like. Like honestly, movie. I feel like the Conquistador shit is more or less fine. Yeah, um, I mean, for for like this kind of movie, I think it's like uh, it's it's serving its purpose fine enough. I I like that they at least give dialogue more than once to uh, them feeling I... like uh, they're living a punishment worse than death and that they don't have souls anymore. Yeah, um, I'm glad that that's there for them. But yeah. Jesse Plemons is the character who like of the villains, I needed him to be a little more present in the film. I it is like it doesn't it doesn't it's not a negative for the movie. It's just something I wish. I, if I were writing the movie, I wouldn't have done it this way. I wish it would have just been a jungle cruising and The Rock wasn't Francisco, the 400-year-old Span- Spaniard. Um, and I I really like Jesse Plemons a lot. And every time we cut to the conquistadors, I'm like, these guys are cool, but like, oh man, they're just like CGI henchmen. And it's just like, again, it's diluting like what we could have had. And I'm like, it's just like they needed a cool cool cgi villain i guess i guess you can't just have a, a german dude as your bad guy in your big jungle movie well this yeah. is something that ryan and i talked about that i'm like i i do wonder how much more mileage the film might have gotten out of not having a supernatural element have have um emily blunt's character and jesse Plemons' characters both being after this artifact and when they actually find it there is no supernatural attachment there's not even a tongue in just cheek. like jungle cruise it's a farce <laughs> there's not even a tongue-in-cheek like indiana jones like kinda um it's it's like no uh it's just you, you know what what you the value got out of this was the journey sorry i i i think they went a little too piracy for me i would have preferred uh they could have well, kept everything just don't turn him into a 400 year old man and then kill him but not kill him this goes back to the this goes to another thing about about this the, the supernatural thing um and the love story the the idea that they fall in love at the end and they make it, they have that kiss um they they are in the movie because there are because they have like two post-it notes that said imhotep has to be a supernatural bad guy and rick and evie have to get get together at the end of the movie so like they took those ideas because in this genre you have a supernatural bad guy in this genre your leads fall in love like that's what they that's why they're there because they're tropes of the genre and that's the sometimes the only reason why they're there well but you don't you don't have to have a supernatural bad guy you can just have a supernatural artifact and like even then I would argue like it would have stood out more to just have them think it was going to be supernatural. You get to the end of the movie, the third act, and it's like, nah, it's just, this is just normal. I'm not the one you need to convince of that. I was just, I was amplifying your point by saying that that could be why they've, why they chose those elements instead of going the route that you're talking about. No, I get it. 
And like, um, I don't even think, I don't even think they're like, they're trying to turn this into the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Like they're not trying to franchise it out, but like the ending just certainly leaves it open for more. And I, I, I wouldn't have loved the movie, but I would have liked the movie so much more if, if uh, Frank would have passed away at the end too. of the movie. I think that would have been so much more powerful for both of those characters. I was uh, just about to say that because you, he says <laughs> in the movie, right before the third act, if it concludes right when they're, he's like, Hey, I'm ready to be done. He's 400 years. I mean, he's like, yeah, well, it's seen London. I, well, he wanted to see the world, but he couldn't because he was tied to the river. But when it's like, I'm done, I'm ready. It's like, yeah, you, you get your reward, dude. You do that. And when he sacrifices himself, it's like, oh, man. And then when she puts it, it's like, well, you're, you're kind of taking away his choice to, to be done. Isn't okay. You, or? So he does. He say, says maybe. He does say uh, maybe. maybe yeah, and then he but... says, tell her she would have been world enough, which is like him saying, you know, if I could. I would yeah. stay oh, okay. for you. Okay. Um, it's a Disney yeah, happy. No, 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 no. I so, I, in my opinion, Ben, that is weak. Um, and and ultimately, like the weakest thing about this movie for me is the love story. Um, I think mm. I buy it a little bit more from Frank than I do at all from Emily Blunt's character. Um, but honestly, I think both are not executed the best. Um, I think that there were obvious things that could have been done to sell me on the love story more. Um, I'm shocked that the camera bit, which is super cute and charming yeah. when it happens, yeah. never came back around at any point. Yeah. I'm more shocked than anything that there isn't a moment where we realize that Frank drew her. Uh, yeah. It's the most obvious, clear, subtle way to tell us that he has feelings for 100%. her. 100%. The fact that that never happened after he expresses, I drew everything I wanted to draw. Bro, and then she if... finds out that he drew her. That tells you. you... That's a deleted, deleted scene. But Megan said the same thing. She's like, there's no way they didn't make that scene. Like, that's just too, too obvious to miss. But nonetheless, it's not in the movie. Um, and the movie's plot is weaker for it. Mm -hmm. Um something that bums me out a lot about it is that uh, once we hit a certain point in the movie, Emily Blunt's character is just there to fall in love with Frank. And yeah. that's not what I wanted. And while she's a fantastic actor who's giving an A plus performance, um, the script is writing a character who is competent and self-sufficient in an action sense, but she has no personal stakes, which means she's just living in Frank's movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so even though she is like a step forward in the sense of a female action adventure star, because she's able to do things on her own, she's able to rescue herself. She's Frank had all, the all these things. The thing is that Frank has a whole thing tied into the story behind the artifact, what's happening here in the plot of the film. She's just there because she wants to get a pedal to try to cure all illness, which is a noble thing, but there's no real thematic stakes for her. And so when she doesn't get the pedal at the end and has to choose to sacrifice it to save Frank, it's not a choice. It's, it's an easy, yeah, of course, because there's be no bad yeah. thing that she's weighing it against on the other end. And because of that, she loses agency as the film goes on. Like something in the they mentioned something in the beginning of the movie, like um, when her and McGregor, when Lily and McGregor, um, they were saying, "Yeah, father took us all over the world." They saw this, and it would I felt like it would have been like good personal stakes for Lily. I mean, don't get me wrong, her I want to help the entire world, 
great because you're in the middle of a war. People are dying left and right. Yeah, you want to save people. That's awesome. But also I felt like a good urgency, a good drive would have been like, like maybe our father was considered crazy by the society that he was a part of and we're going to prove them all wrong. And that's a, her is like, hey, we did prove them wrong. And that's a good agency for her. So that will be like, do I use this to prove my father and my family's legacy right? Or do I save the guy I love? That would have been like more of a, to me, that would have been like more of a punch than it would have been just been like, oh, the guy I like is dead, pop. Uh, I'll take it even a step further. Again, like the potential for this movie to have been like really great is there. Um, just have her have the exact same stakes that Aguirre had. Mm-hmm. Uh, have it be, there is someone at home who's sick. How far are you willing to go? Are you, and, and Frank having to look at her and, and think that like, are you going to go as far as he would? Like, what kind of person are you? Even if it's not someone at home, you could like. What if Jack Whitehall's character gets sick, and like the only way to save yeah, him in the journey, too. like because then just, there's like immediate stakes. But there's no, you know, like Stay for kind of. for Lily going through this, it's just like, yeah, this would be great if I can do this thing. But it's not. She propels the plot, but she doesn't have a real charted course of like the be- the pros and the cons and the and the bad and the stake the, the stakes that or she fine. needs to make her agency actually last. What Ryan is uh, could be referring uh, is also referring to is a uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade at the beginning of the third act. Uh, Indy's father gets shot, and that gives Indy the agency to go find yeah. the cup because he doesn't have the same motivation mm-hmm. as the Nazis do, and now he does. Yeah, good, good or, call, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Or like when because uh, we saw a whole bunch of snakes, I can only assume some of them are venomous. Have the brother get bitten by one of the snakes, and he's dying of sorry, sorry, Brandon, and the brother is <laughs> dying from snake poison. Or snake venom. So it's like, do you save yeah. your brother or do you save the guy? Yeah, I, I I think that that would that that's at least more than what's there. I my thing is that she doesn't even have those stakes going into this to begin with, um, which means that once once she gets wrapped up in Frank's story, she is just wrapped up in Frank's story. Yeah, like she's a well written uh, she's a well written action female character and a good performance from Emily Blunt, but not a character who's running her own path anymore. Especially once we get into the second half, where she's just falling in love with Frank, which is not executed the best. I do want to. Yeah. I, we've been talking kind of negative about this movie, but I do want to give a positive. I love the joke of um, the of um, Frank getting punched in the face by both McGregor <laughs> and Emily. There's yeah. like a strong form, out strong form, and then he gets punched again. He's like, every time with you people. Um, I do the, like how, yeah, I, I think there's good humor in this. Yeah, and I, it is good humor, but also like kind of like as the movie progresses, because in the beginning of the movie, I really did not like uh, McGregor. Like he's the he's. The, He's the one's like, oh, I'm I don't know where I'm going, but I'm gonna bring all this luggage and all this stuff. And then by the end of the movie, he is actually competent. He knows. How I saw to that joke in I saw that joke in Mortal Kombat. Like I, it's yeah. like a lot of McGregor stuff to me is just like I. Mm-hmm. If this were written better, I'd probably like it. But it's it's just like very generic. Like I'm prim and proper, and I don't like being wet. And I'm like, wow, that's hilarious. Like wearing a dinner jacket on a boat eating piranha. Who does that? Wearing a dinner jacket. I don't know, but also side note, I love Proxima. I love. Oh, I was gonna bring it up. I love the Jaguar. Jaguar is awesome. At first, I 
I w- I didn't love the Jaguar scene at the beginning because it's like, oh man, it's just like shit happens all the time. Like it's an adventure, fine. When I learned that Proxima's part of the team, I'm like, oh, this got better. That that made that made that scene for me now. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's like Geralt, uh, Gerald, where he renames Pro- he names all his cats Proxima, like he names all of his horses uh, Roach. And I'm like, everyone's Proxima, and I'm like, you're my favorite cat. No, you're my favorite. Like I love that. That's great. Like he, and also I like the little montage of him raising the like the, all these all the cats because he's been around for 400 years, so of course he's been taking care of these cats. And I'm like, man, that's good on you. Dude, you you take care yeah. of those those cats, those giant. And, and he takes cats. he takes really good care of that four hundred year old boat. Yeah, yes. goodness. Uh, I think that um, for me, like the the Frank uh, being four hundred years old, I thought um, it, it enriched the story in a way I needed. Mm-hmm. Again, like some of these other elements we've already talked about, maybe if they were there already in the film, I wouldn't have needed that. Yeah, but I think I needed that that kind of push. Um, it made his story work for me uh, ultimately in the film a bit better because other elements were falling short. Sure. Um, uh, I really like the Proxima stuff. I like the whole uh, flashback and montage sequence that's based around his character. Um, I think the action in the first half of the film, and this tends to be true of action adventure films, Brandon and I had a whole conversation about this, uh, tends to be stronger than the second half and certainly that's the case here i think all the action in the first half is like really really top-notch stuff they built that whole island um yeah the big ass oh god yeah uh, that that torpedo sequence is really cool oh yeah i thought i thought the rock was like is he gonna kick is he gonna kick another torpedo is this gonna be like fast and furious again like no <laughs> um i wish that uh there was something to make it more obvious that frank is constantly trying to get her to turn back because he's trying to protect her mm-hmm. i wish there was something that made that more clear in the film um i just feel like that gets obfuscated a little too easily um i really like the inclusion of trader sam yeah i think that's cute. i think that was that that was a nice easy little easter egg of disney stuff uh without mm-hmm. being too like stupid yeah mm-hmm. that was a good yeah, inclusion. i agree i like that one too um also, I, just, I like the scene where he's translating and it's like say exactly he's like and he's just obviously mistranslating and then they're like okay really frank really oh is trader sam um uh the the indigenous people who are like actors uh yeah. trader sam is the person who's the the lady who's they like makes the, the deal to help with that who to help them and gives them the advice and reading the the arrowhead gotcha. um trader sam is a reference to um trader sam's bar uh which is a um tiki bar in the middle of the disneyland hotel oh okay um, which is tied to the Adventureland Jungle Cruise area. Look at that Disney lore. Um, it's kind. Of, it's kind of. I don't really care for the 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 fact that she like you know she sacrifices for the paddle, uh, and then the moon comes back to give her a new one. The moon pops back for a quick second to give her a new one. The plot. The plot. The plot demanded it. Like that was really weird. That's like the moon's gone. Comes back real quick. I forgot one. <laughs> yeah um although I, I i liked i did like that final scene of like her like running on the on like the trees like it's it's like visually it's, it's really very nice yeah, yeah. I, I like the action the action sequence uh on the in, on, in the tree area that was, i thought that was cool jesse plemons still just like that dude covered in like bee stings just like yelling up a storm like when, so he, fun. when he kills the bees and he's like i don't want them to get back to the master yeah yeah, yeah. how long have you been down here yeah <laughs> Um, oh, which, when uh, Lily shoots Frank twice, and then it's like, "You shot me twice. You shot me. I did twice. Well, you should have fallen down the first time." I love. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, um, all in all, like, look, uh, you want to see 
a great act. You want to see a great swashbuckling adventure film? Watch Atlantis, The Mummy, or Pirates of the Caribbean. If you want to see a pretty good entry into that genre on a Sunday night, the Jungle Cruise, you'd do worse than Jungle Cruise. This is a perfect Disney Plus movie. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really, you know, it is a really fun entry. Like the chemistry between Jane jo- Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt is palpable. It's very strong. It makes the movie. Yeah. A hundred percent. Agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't have much more to say, though. I like Paul Giamatti. Shout outs to Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah. He's showing up. I, I was glad <laughs> he was in it the way he was. Because when I knew he was in this movie... I thought he was going to be a more like prominent villainous presence than Jesse Plemons. I'm glad that that was not the case. I yeah. liked the role he played in this. I thought it was perfectly good. I loved his parrot. Thank God, me money. Uh, it deserves recognition. Um, they did more than the bare minimum, which is nice from Disney uh, for making it clear that Jack Whitehall's character was homosexual. Couldn't say is... the word, but yes, they did. But it's there. It's it's not. It's slow subtext. progress. It's sexual. Uh, Yep. It's a it's a bigger step in the right direction than they've done before. Yes. Yep. Good on them for doing it. Yes. Straight. I mean they didn't straight up say it, but it was but I'm like, you know what? It's better than they've done before. We're slowly getting there to you know, acknowledge. You know what? I, I will I will say like the I thought, all right, well, we kind of fell short. But then he says the sentence, uh, I was ostracized from society because of who I loved. And I'm like, that's that's pretty darn close to just saying it flat out. And yeah. like it, at that time period, you wouldn't even necessarily say I'm a homosexual yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I, I give points like that. That's bigger step than we're, we're usually getting from them. So cool that they did that. Yeah. Also, also the little scene kind of like when they're chopping wood and you have, and of course, like his pile is super big and or he has a bigger ax. And then you got a Gregor who has, who's has, who's hitting a little hatchet with a twig. <laughs> I thought once again, good humor, good humor in this movie. Um, Shall yeah, we... I, have, I have one tiny little nitpick, but it's a really dumb nitpick, so I'm not gonna go into it. I nitpicked the hell out of it. Go ahead. Uh, when Paul GMI says 5,000 real, it's pronounced chaos. I mean, it's it's when you read it, it's it does say real because when in, for some reason, the when the Brazilian government was doing their currency, they had a, a big counterfeit issue. Um, and they so they called it. So it's red real, but it's pronounced chaos. I learned something today. Yeah. So, if you, um, when you go, so when you go to Brazil, it says you look at it in English. It says, "Why is it called real?" And it's, it's actually pronounced chaos. Uh, I really do enjoy the movie overall. I kind of wish that when you get the moment where she puts the pedal in Frank's mouth and you hear that last breath, that that was just him dying, uh, and that it had left him there, and that had been the choice, uh, and then like in a world where we don't need a sequel to this because we don't need a sequel to this. Um, it would just be her going back and still doing like the Jack Whitehall telling off the society and yep. being like, that's why she's going to Cambridge and like, uh, and she's like a, you know, big explorer and she learned something from the journey and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that would have been a more poignant, powerful ending, um, but, but that's not a, okay. Not a happy Disney. Um, I am all in for more Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt together. I don't necessarily need a sequel to this movie though. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would honestly, uh, honestly, I would welcome a sequel. Uh, I need it. Um, Should I rate it then? Sure. Yeah. Why don't you rate it first, Brandon? You never rate it first. Let's see. I'm sitting between a 7.5 and an 8. I'm I'm more inclined to go 8 because of enjoyment. I'll just say that. Uh, Ben? 
Actually, I was thinking about 7.5 as well. It's it's still fun. I would definitely watch this again. I I liked it. It's just like Spark said, it's a perfect Sunday night Disney Plus movie. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he said. I would also give it a 7.5. Doesn't quite quite reach really, really good. Um, if because I got Disney Plus, like I'd watch this for free again. I don't know if I'd buy it. Yeah. Sparks. Uh, I also sit at 7.5. Um, I think that Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt sell this movie hardcore. It's got good action adventure vibes. Um, I think that it's more damaged by the clear and obvious potential for it to hit a little stronger yeah. than it is uh, by the fact that it's like not good. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think that that's an accurate detail. It, it is good. Uh, you can just see where it could have been improved. Got a lot of rough edges. Right. Shall we get into our book club then? Let's yeah. pulp it up. This week it was Ryan's turn. So Ryan, take it away. Hey guys, it's me, Ryan, and I'm a comic book boy. I got a comic book called Pulp by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Uh, they have been working together in comics for almost two decades now. Um, they have done like Marvel DC work together, but like really less decade. Uh, they have become like the premier uh, graphic, like uh, original graphic novel team. Um, they they only put out original stuff now uh, through Image and Dark Horse and all that stuff. But like Pulp is, their new, is one of the newest books and it won an Eisner this year. So I thought, hey, I already owned it. Let's read it. Uh, it's about Max, who is in uh, a writer in New York City. New York City, right? It's New York City. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in 1939, but he was a bad boy, bad boy cowboy 40 years ago. And guys, I read like the story because one, it reminds me of Red Dead Redemption, which is the same story about a cowboy living in in like, in the future of like the dead west like what happens when like a cowboy meets the industrial revolution like that shit's awesome um this is also about nazis and i didn't really know this was a nazi heist book um i think it's really cool it's really short um and it's just a nice read um and i can see why it won awards because like it's short and sweet and it has a punch what you think i largely agree actually i I i did really enjoy the perspective of this um i had never i've never played the red dead redemption games so i i'd never personally seen a story where it's a uh, uh like a, a bona fide cowboy um being an old man in, in the 1930s and have it be such a vastly different world in there his is no time. and i've never seen that before there is no like people who who are like born you know during like world war one world, world war two have seen technology advance but like cars already existed like people who are born in the 1800s who lived mm-hmm. to the 1900s literally saw the world change in front of them yeah. uh so like yeah like this perspective is like again i'm all about new perspective and comments so yeah like this was something i've never seen before yeah i absolutely love this book i had i, I had a blast i really enjoyed how i, I don't remember i love reading long books but i loved how short it was because it got to the point. It was, mm-hmm. it, it like Ryan, you said it was short, sweet, and to the point. And it's this was a short, sweet, to the point book. And I really, I, I was engaged the entire time. I was curious. I loved how little nuggets of information kept dropping about Max's own past and how he wrote the Red River Kid, which he was the Red or no, it was Red Rock Kid, and then he because he lived those stories. It's him talking about his own exploits. I'm like, you sly devil. It's so cool. It's such a cool, it's such a cool idea that like, 
there really is no time period where this could have happened before, right? Like, yeah, yo, man, I used to rob like trains and like like stagecoaches, and now those don't think those don't even exist anymore. Yo, like, it's so right. wild. And you were absolutely right because I I also have played um a little bit of Red Dead Redemption, and that the game play, takes place in 1902, where the old West, as you said, is dying. And this movie takes place in 1939, whereas you see a guy his age. I'm going to assume his he's like 70 years old. He was an old he was born in like 1870 something he saw the entire world change he lived in mexico he was part of he was robbing trains and kicking ass and doing gunfights left and right it was like holy shit he's living in silverado but he's not it's what it is it, it kind of feels like when you realize the pirates of the caribbean takes place in the mid 1800s and not like the 1740s or something that be. yeah because <laughs> like you're looking at that and you're like oh so like the civil war was happening when people yeah. were still pirates. I mean, I was thinking, I honestly, dude, when I would watch the pirate movies, I thought they took place like 10 years before the American Revolution. Yeah. Nope. It's it's like, it's probably that time. Oh, no. You're, 100, years, uh, 100 years after, actually. Yeah. What? <laughs> Advanced. No, it also, it blows my mind that the when the Wright brothers first flew their plane in North Carolina, between that moment in time and the launching of the space shuttle to take a to the Apollo 11, that's 66 years apart. Yeah. That's crazy. Respects? Yeah, I think this is really good. I basically echo a lot of what you guys said. Um, this is one of those where I sit there and I'm like, I want to see this movie. Um, uh, I think this would obviously make a really strong film. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I think that the, the choices of it about, uh, you know, a, a cowboy, even a robber um, cowboy who has to live on into the post-depression era where industrialism and capitalism has taken over in like the worst way and watch like, okay, now you're, uh, you know, non-essential strip you of your job. He has this excellent part where he says like the thing that gives him his uh, second minor heart attack is the smile that the, the boss guy tries to hide in telling him, yeah, we don't have to pay for you anymore. Oh my so God. I use the character that you created and that kind of thing. And I'm like, uh, this is uh this is all the right amount of sleaze. And I think even just um, the way that they tackle the Nazi stuff and the way that uh, the Pinkerton, who is also Jewish and how he's Goldman. affected by it. And that comes back around is all just really, really strong. Um, and one of my favorite things about it is that the book doesn't get a happy ending for the character. That's yeah. That's what I love in about good, it. In good Western fashion, but it feels very, mm-hmm. very appropriate to the story. It's telling. It is. Absolutely. Um, Rosa gets somewhat of a happy ending i mean i feel bad for her because she essentially just well you her. imagine you imagine yeah. you don't know yeah I, you know, I if she gets money that doesn't mean happiness yeah yeah she gets some money in the house but she lost her husband well i'm assuming husband even though it wasn't but that's not that's not the point the point yeah. is is that they straight up say we're gonna kill some effing nazis we're gonna rob some nazis because f those guys and I'm like, well, yeah. well, it's it's kind of a ruse because they think they're gonna go just rob he some thinks, Nazis. He yeah, thinks Max so. thinks he's gonna go rob Nazis, but um, what's 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 his name? Uh, the other guy, but what's his first name? Do you remember? Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. He has ulterior motives, and he has a great line where he's like, like he's a Jewish person. Like you don't understand what I what I was going through. Like we have di- like I we have different perspectives on Nazis, uh, and that's yeah. so awesome. And he turns this into like. It's so much more than he thinks it is. I love it. He mentions how, and this is unfortunately true, how Henry Ford was such an anti, was so anti-Semitic that he would fire any Jewish person who worked for him. And he, it's revealed that Jeremiah worked for Henry Ford, and he's like, "I can't let these monsters win." 
mm-hmm. because yeah. there's just so much hate of these people for one type of person. You just can't it, let them win. It is both a story of, uh, you know, battling against anti-Semitism and also battling against like rampant gross capitalism that gets out of control um, and like fighting against that. And those things are both super resonant and at this moment in time. Ed Brubaker, who's dealing with this probably during the writing of this is able to tackle um, rights in like, in like comic book writing and stuff. Cause like the, 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 the red rock kid or the red river kid is a character he created. And then some kid's going to come write him now. And that's something that he's dealt with in his own personal comic book career of people writing uh, characters that he created and he doesn't get paid for it. So I'm like, Oh my God, he's, he's saying so much in this book about a cowboy killing Nazis. It's crazy. Uh, it's just like, it's the type of thing I'm like, man, this is, this is why I love comic books. Cause like, this is the type of thing that only exists in comics. Well, and I what I think I love so much about it is like, even when I got to the middle of the book and it reveals that like, oh, these are, there's a big focus on Nazis in this book. It's not as much about that. No. Um, like, like that is a big element of the book, but it's not what it's about. What it's about is Max's recognition of like, like, I really love the the final note of it is like that the monsters of this world win and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe they shouldn't. And acknowledging himself as one who also took that same advantage at a different point in his life. Um, and and recognizing that, you know, they don't deserve the world. The monsters don't deserve the world. I really uh, like really it. Like it. Uh, I like we how... talk about uh, talk about the art real quick. Like Sean Phillips has always been great, but like he, he has he has an art style to just like to just it's it's perfect for, for crime stories. Like he's perfect for it. Um I love when he when we think when the story is winding down, he gets the ledger, you see that he looks in the newspaper and he essentially, Jer, um, not Jeremy, my, Max, Max gets like the deed and the bank account with the money. He's like, oh, this is like, this is it. And then he goes to visit Jeremiah. He's like, hey, you won. I saw the newspaper and he's dead. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh shit, he was offed. Like, like, like mafia style. But no, it turns mm-hmm. out that it was the abusive boyfriend or no, not boyfriend, mm-hmm. brother, the abusive brother. Who, who was also a Nazi? Who, who was also a Nazi and killed him, and that's but what unrelated to the bank stuff. <laughs> yeah, unrelated to the bank stuff, but that's what put because he goes up. He's like, that was he was my friend. What and that, he that, acknowledged that. I also love how he says, and, and there's this good line in the book where he's like, "Isn't it funny how sometimes enemy people who who are your enemies your entire life become your best friends at the end?" Yeah, yeah. it's like, damn. What other the, the, the final couple pages are are sensational. Like when he goes to that Nazi bar and he's like, I'm a friend of Jeremiah's and he starts blasting. And then it cuts to, it cuts to flashbacks of him as a cowboy. I keep calling cowboy. Cowboys are good people. He's a bank robber, man. He's a bad boy. Desperado. Uh, Desperado. Thank you. But, but flashing between the things and like, he just, he, he's going to die anyway. So he's like, I might as well go out, go out blasted. And I'm he like, took, man, he took a lot of them with him when he went out. Yeah. I'm like, this just, what a, what a beautiful, just again, this uh, self-contained little pulpy story. I was kind of curious as to how his wife and daughter died, but then he mentioned how um, Spike, his friend, passed away, died because he drank too much, and then the influenza came and took everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's how his family died. That's, that's how he had almost died the second time. Mm-hmm. Influenza. And, uh, it's I love how he talks about how he almost dies three times, like with the 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 gunfight, and then with um, the influenza, and of course the heart attack. It's, yeah. This whole book is, it's like so tiny. It's like less than what? How many pages is this? Like 90 some maybe? It's like four issues. It's like a four issue comic. Yeah, but it's so small, but it just nails every single thread. It's like, oh, this this would be a great movie. I would love to see this movie. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like Brubaker, like 
every one of his books, like, uh, uh, hold on, let me see the last page of this real quick. There's a book that he did, the, the last, in, uh, the last, Killer Be Killed. That's like the last ongoing that he did. Um, Killer Be Killed is awesome. That's about a dude who gets possessed by a demon, and the demon will kill him unless he kills someone once a month. So he, like, he goes out of his way to find the worst people alive to kill them so he doesn't get killed. But also the demon might not even be real. So it's like, it's super messed up. And like all of his books have like this dark underbelly to them, but like with like heroics, like mixed in like, no, it's going to be okay. The last book of Ed Brubaker's that I remember Brandon was loaning me and I really enjoyed it was The Fade Out, which was about 1940s or 1950s Hollywood during McCarthyism. And I didn't finish it, but because a starlet didn't remind me, Brandon, a starlet died in that one, right? Did you say a starlet? A starlet? Starlet, like an yeah. upcoming actress, yes. she passes away, and then it's like this whole thing just piles on top of the because I really want to, because yes. I think that's completed in trades now, and I would like to finish. Yeah, it. there's a collection of all three, I own it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I just bought the, uh, I just bought the full collection of it, Amazon today. <laughs> nice, yeah. that uh, and really and good. three volumes of Fatal and. Uh, all, all of my heroes are junkies because need I need some, need some Brubaker. I, I I need a new favorite writer because the guy I currently simp's kind of an asshole. So like Brubaker might be my guy. Who's that? Brubender. Um, yeah, he's bad. He's bad boy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to talk about about this? Pulp's great. Kind of, like yeah. like the, Ed Brubaker is like the man. Like he's like the king of independent like noir comics. Like I'm. Uh, I'm glad I read this because I, I already had so many of his books and there's so many more that I haven't read and I already I just bought them because I got my tax return. I haven't spent that money yet. So uh, I'm just excited for more Brubaker in the future. He's great. Yeah. I would love uh, to see this as a film. I, I hope that that, that happens. Oh, yeah. That would be really great. Directed by James Mangold. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Next week, it's my turn. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'll tell you cool. guys a little later in the week. Um... You but, know who I'd love to see direct Pulp? Who? Hmm. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, next week, we're, we're going to be talking about The Suicide Squad. We're finally going to review a movie that's going to get a really high grade, I hope. I'm hearing some good things. I'm really excited. So excited. All right. That's it, though. We're done with the show. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Um, going to plug some things for you uh such as our audio show conversation is a show that i do talk about pod talk to podcasters about fandom this week i talked to scott calora from the transporter room three podcast uh, that was really fun really excited to have that one out um and then of course we have more shows on youtube you make sure to like this video subscribe to this channel and you know can check out our other shows such as victor's watch we just finished loki mm-hmm um, that's all up there. All the fake watches are there for Loki. And uh, we will soon start, just in a couple of weeks, what if. Um, and then I'm also probably doing the Star Trek Lower Decks. So more fake watch coming. Um, and you can check out Basement Arcade, which we just heard uh, at the top of this episode that a new episode is coming. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, Basement Arcade pause menu, new show there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, best part about pause menu: two episodes are going to be recorded this week. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to pull up Mag's comment? Yeah, I most certainly will. He says, "See another early screen Suicide Squad." Also, catch you later and stay safe. Thank you, buddy. And wait a minute, sir. Seeing another? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I've seen it already. 
No, he sent me a, a thing on Instagram about an early uh, screen of Suicide Squad, but unfortunately, when it's going on, I am going to be out of the state, so I won't be able to watch it. That's funny you froze on my how, screen. How would that be an early no, no, screen? I won't be able to no, I won't be able to go to that to the early screen because I'll be out of the state. Yeah, but you go out of the state the day it comes out. How is that an early screening? <laughs> or, or something or I was busy or something. I can't remember. All right. Anyway. We also have the Victor Boom. Never mind. Continue. Sorry. We also have the Victor Book Club. Um which currently on hiatus, uh, and of course, Animation Station. A couple more Animation Station episodes coming your way. Sparks and I still will do. Oh my God, Ryan is still there. <laughs> what? Ryan? <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> right, I, I kid, I kid. Um, <laughs> we also have the Animation Station uh, series. Uh, Sparks and I are going to do Obsidian eventually, um, and uh, eventually we'll also have Transformers War for Cybertron. Uh, Kingdom. Uh, Kingdom. Uh, so both of those animation stations are coming. Um, stay tuned for those. Um, there you go. So that's all the stuff you can find on this channel. You can check out some... You want to help us out, check out our merch. Uh, we got masks, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, Clifford was pushed back. We didn't talk about it in the news because... Um, but it's happening again. Maybe we wear some masks. Maybe we get vaccinated. I don't know. I don't want to live through this shit again. <laughs> um... We're also going to do a Green Knight special at some point very soon. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah, we already decided a while ago we were going to do a review special. We didn't review Green Knight because we decided to do Jungle Cruise on this episode. Mm. But we are going to talk about Green Knight in the near future. I really hope so. So we are all going to watch it this week. Figure that out. And we'll see. Hell yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. I forgot we were doing that. Um, thank you for reminding us, Sparks. You're welcome. Um, but yes, the Delta variant is real, guys. Uh, wear some masks. And if you want to selfishly buy some masks for us, uh, you can get those at linked below. Um, those are made by my girlfriend. And you can check out our Patreon if you want to support us like that. Uh, we have... <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Um, you can check out our Patreon. We got four tiers on the Patreon. We got the first tier, which is only a dollar. You can check out... Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh my chapstick on. <laughs> um, you can check the one dollar tier. That's if you kind of like us. Uh, our our five dollar tier which gets you some things and more things. It, if you guys wear your damn mask and get vaccinated and all that crap, and we can do some stuff. Um, and there's our ten dollar tier, which is our shirt, which is currently "Don't Be a Dick" written in the, the, the design of the. That's all, folks from Looney Tunes. And then there's the twenty dollars tier, which is if you love us, give us twenty bucks. Um, and of course, you can find our T Public, which got a bunch of shirts, a bunch of merchandise, all that, all that jazz, all that jazzy fun stuff. Those are links below. You can check out our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com, uh, where you can find all these links as well. Thank you to everyone who listens to the show. Thank you to everyone who watches the replay. Thank you to everyone who watches the live shows when we have more than one person watching, Meg. Um, <laughs> thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our theme music that you've heard all tonight and all the themes for every single show uh, we have. Um, you can find him at Instagram on an, uh, at Jeremy Bellucci keyboard. And you can find his show, his show, Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Batola 
New collaborations with Mike Patola coming soon. Excited, but so they get to talk to that guy again soon. Um, you can check out Mike Patola, who does our logos and our fun games and all that jazz uh, at Mike Patola on Instagram. He does not have a Twitter, which I just found out. You can find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Fickner at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You could find me enjoying my vacation to the absolute fullest and also bobbing and weaving through the corona infested waters of Miami, Florida this Friday at BenMaga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. I'm definitely going to make sure an article comes up before I leave for Florida. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry. I failed you. You trusted me and I failed you. But my last article about um, the mobile app GameEye, which is a video game cataloging app, is up right now on the website. So go ahead and check that out. Sparks. Uh, you can find me still watching Shark Week at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> How, long? How long is this week? For me, it's a month. <laughs> Shark month. It's your dream come true. Sort of. <laughs> Let's be real. Sparks would probably love it if it was a shark year. And uh, let me be clear, shark it would have been a shark week if I had the time to put it in a week, but there I have go. to stretch it out. Right, and that right. kind of bums me out, but it is what it is. And glasses. You could find me digging through the ditches and burning through the witches at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Slamming in the back. There you go. For you audience, uh, audio listeners, uh, he has just glasses right now because of the green screen suit. I am the invisible man. That was... Ryan Eliopoulos. All right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Uh, rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. And until next week, guys, stay fit. Guys.